0: Where's Daddy?
1: You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's bowl after bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer.
2: My darling. My good time boy. Most indeed. Do you know how bad you sound? That if you'd know that, if you'd know that, if you'd ever listen to my podcast.
3: Oh man!
4: It's the Foot Day Jingle. Take you a nap. Oh man!
3: I also know a thing or two about cannabis.
5: What? 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 Woo. That's why his body fell apart dance and move your legs around I'm a supporter of human
6: beings
4: that's an amazing story man that's cool as fuck I was uh, on the edge of my seat I was riveted in fact just like every Tuesday night oh yeah we're feeling alright it's November 14th 2023 November is just halfway gone already so thank you for that You're listening to episode 282 of Bowl After Bowl. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City.
0: And I am Dame DeLorean.
4: And you're the bowlers. Welcome.
0: Yeah, welcome back, bowlers.
4: Whether it's your first time or your 282nd time, uh, you're probably pretty baked by now. So thanks for hanging out. Love to have you. And I definitely love to be... Comfortably starting the show without uh, feeling like I'm busting my ass out of one frying pan into another boiling pot of water or whatever they say.
0: Yeah, that's a nice feeling. Yeah. That's because you're done with the evening teaches. Yeah,
4: back to the regular schedule. Waking up like a regular human being in the morning. Which, uh, dude, I don't know. It's, it defies the laws of physics. There are less actual technical work hours in an evening week. And yet it feels like it takes way more time. I have less free time.
0: Even though you have all day time. Oh, it just doesn't work.
4: It just doesn't work out. I don't know. I've tried to do the math and, and it just doesn't work out.
0: It really screwed sleep up. Mm-hmm. Um, and eating goes along with that too. <laughs> yeah. Because you get done working and you wanna eat, but after you talk with students and stuff, it would be eleven, maybe midnight. <laughs> Yeah, not and the then you want to stay time. up and do something because you just got off work.
4: Not the greatest time to uh, do any of that. No,
0: no, no nah. Oh, man. But we had a great week. Once you got off your evening teach.
4: Yes, yes, indeed.
0: Fun event. Saturday, is that for now or for the? Oh, Of course, yeah,
4: yeah. On chain, we off chain. We actually, I did a back to back with the Casey Bitcoiners because they had to. The, Friday Coffee Meetup.
0: Oh, yes.
4: Last Friday morning.
0: At a grand opening, yes. nonetheless.
4: There's a new coffee shop in town. Uh, this brewery, or excuse me, this roaster, I should say, Oleo Olio Coffee, uh, opened up a new coffee shop in the Crossroads down on 18th. It's called Take Care, which is just a, a, a coffee shop storefront for... These Oleo Roasters who I've not heard of, but damn, they had a fantastic coffee. Called it The Peak. It was like a natural finished coffee, which I'm a big fan of anyway. Uh, usually the naturals are real kind of sweet and fruity. Mm. Uh, but this one almost had this sharpness of a like a bell pepper kind of kick. Ooh which was really nice, really well done. It was like an extra fermentation. It was like a 40-day fermentation in the natural process.
0: Right, and the natural process is when they leave the berry on the coffee pit, right? That's right, it's yeah.
4: So so coffee bean. coffee comes from a, like a coffee fruit is what it's called. It looks like a cherry, pretty much. It's like a cherry with a tougher skin. And for a majority of the coffees, what they do is they pick the cherry they separate the cherry from the bean inside because the coffee bean is just the seed of this coffee fruit or coffee cherry. So you separate the bean. They dry the beans out. That's a regular what they call washed process where they wash all of the pulp Hmm. and all that fruit off of the bean. And then you roast that. Uh, It starts off as green coffee when it's dry and then you roast it and it turns the brown kind of bean that you're used to.
6: Mm -hmm.
4: In a natural process, they let the fruit kind of dry up around the coffee bean. And so it soaks in a lot of those natural fruity flavors from the cherry itself and the coffee fruit. And so like uh, the roaster I used to work at, they had this Ethiopian natural. It was like cup of blueberry syrup almost. It was so sweet and fruity and blueberry. Very easy to discern. It was like a super standout flavor. And I'm always a sucker for the naturals because they're interesting. You know, it's like a, you can get a black cup of coffee to taste like. Something incredibly different than what you're used to from regular coffee. But this peak was was out of this world. Nice little single farm offering. So I got I got a little bottomless cup of the drip of that. And I just Ooh, kept sucking it down.
0: They do bottomless cups? hmm <sighs> We're yeah. going to have to go there sometime. It's a little pricey,
4: but it's worth it because the quality is there. I'm willing to pay a couple extra bucks for a cup of coffee if it's a high-quality kind of artisanal coffee, you know? Yeah. If the bean can deliver, I'm willing. I'm willing to kind of pay for it.
0: Well, this fermentation process that they add on top of leaving the cherry on it is interesting to me too. I yeah. haven't tried this yet.
4: I think you'll like it a lot. I need to make a cup. It's been I only remembered cuz it's I got the, the bag bowl. of bag of beans down here. So, I need to grind those up and brew it up.
0: Yeah. What's the space like?
4: It's pretty standard, like what you'd expect for a coffee oh. shop in the Crossroads or really anywhere downtown. Okay. Is it by a,
0: Grinders?
4: It is literally next door to Grinders, oh, yes. Oh, cool. Yep.
0: Is it musical-seeming? No, they have like
4: Not so much, really. Okay. It really reminds me a lot of when we go to Thou Mayest, it's, there's not much different other than it's maybe a tiny bit smaller and there's just not enough, or is uh, I shouldn't say enough, there's not as many decorations and okay. furnishings yet. It's kind of newer and cleaner, a little more industrial, Okay, but only slightly so. It's pretty much the same. You know, you got a long coffee bar there. You got baristas. You got the menu on the wall. You got some baked goods, but really you're there for the beans, which is true for uh, both places. We're spoiled in this town. This is like the sleeper Seattle when it comes to coffee. Kansas City has a shitload of really high quality artisanal roasters, small batch roasters. And I think they all just cycle through the roastery and get burned one way or the other, and then go start their own shit. <laughs> like I really think that's yeah. kind of the, the deal here. I know for a fact that's how Parisi started.
0: Yeah, and they're located in the train station.
4: And uh, there's Hot just spot. there's many such cases, many such cases. It drives the Reddit blue hairs insane because a lot of them are uh, Bible based or Christian based uh, companies, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they're like.
7: Don't buy coffee from X, Y, and Z
0: Coffee Shop because they like God. God forbid.
4: Just like, okay, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just get over it. Yeah. Coexist.
4: I mean, if you boycotted everybody that liked God, you wouldn't be on fucking Reddit.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: You wouldn't be typing on a computer, but that's all right. What do I know? What do I know about you it?
0: You know good coffee.
4: I do know good coffee when I taste it, and I tasted it over there at... Uh, um, take care. That's what they called it.
0: That's a great name too. Grand I'm gonna opening. have to go check this place out. Grand opening, man. Lots of fun and new people at the meetup, or same old, same old. Uh, other than Steve, everybody was
4: new to me enough. I it think that amazing. I had met this guy. Uh, there was one guy there who he's actually uh, an instructor as well, but for cybersecurity type oh, wow. stuff. Uh, and I think I met him ages ago when I very first started going, but he hasn't been in like a couple of years. so other than that, the other guys like I interacted with them in the telegram chat, and that was about it, you know, so it was cool to put faces to names and that kind of thing, kind of tight, yeah, that's sweet. And then the very next day, uh Steve hosted a screening. Of this El Salvador documentary, this Bitcoin documentary.
0: Yeah, Dare to Dream.
4: Dare to Dream. uh, That was a cool documentary. I think it wasn't really eye-opening or like new information that I hadn't read somewhere or come across, you know? But it was a really cool kind of, you know me, I'm, I'm a sucker for the origin story. Yep. I love the origin story. So this really was the origin story of uh, Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador and how it kind of just organically came about by some uh anonymous philanthropist who had been kind of poking around trying to start up little natural bitcoin circular economies and El Zante in El Salvador was just kind of just happened to be a perfect storm uh for for just that and it ended up being so successful and it kind of caught a viral meme status to the point where the El Salvadorian government caught wind of it. Uh, Really, it seemed like the big catalyst was one Forbes article that got written about El Salvador, which on the global stage and in uh, international media had only been mentioned in terms of basically being a war-torn, poverty, impoverished, shithole country, right? Sure, yeah. And so then there was this, kind of hopeful Forbes article talking about Bitcoin adoption and, and how people were kind of hopeful for their futures again and starting to build the local communities again. And um, the government was like, oh, they're writing about us in like a positive light. What's this all about? And through, you know, through a chain of events stemming from that, added Bitcoin as a national currency, adopted Bitcoin as a national currency. So it was a cool story. Uh, I think that the biggest takeaway from it, for me anyway, is just this idea of hyper-Bitcoinization is, you know, so many Bitcoin Mimi boys dream about this hyper-Bitcoinization. It's like everybody and their grandma is going to suddenly use Bitcoin because they'll see the light and because some killer app will come out, right, uh, that will get everybody onboarded. Uh, and then we'll like live in this kind of utopia happily ever after of Bitcoin adoption. And really all that it is going to take is just some killer app by some killer startup tech company that's just going to blow the pants off everybody and it'll be an overnight sensation. And it's totally not the case. Uh, I think that Bitcoin will be used by more and more people slowly over time, just like has been happening
6: mm-hmm.
4: ever since it rolled out. And I think it'll totally be a thing of necessity rather than this thing of, oh, everybody suddenly gets it. Uh, It's it's just gonna... You're going to eventually have to retreat into some sort of sound money that doesn't depreciate over time. Like, you're just gonna... You're either gonna have to do that or you're going to have to get wrecked. Because all of the other currencies are just going down and down and down and down and down and down. They're not based on shit other than lies. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're backed by big men with big guns who can't really cash the checks their mouths constantly are writing. So that's just not a sustainable thing. And ever since we stopped backing it in 1971, the Nixon shock, <laughs> the, the air is being slowly let out of this balloon since before we were even born.
0: Temporarily.
4: Temporarily it was su- temporary. <laughs> Temporarily suspended since 1971. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a matter of time. More people are going to just realize what is going on with money. And once you realize what's going on with money, it's hard to go back to to not knowing.
0: Right. Yeah, once the veil is lifted,
4: you can't really unsee it. So, I think that that is the number one takeaway. It's just going to be a slow chug over time, but it's also going to come from the bottom up. It's going to start with people like uh rural people in the surrounding area of El Zante in uh Podunk El Salvador it's going to start with people in uh Nigeria at markets it's going to start with people who have a dollar to put in and they want their dollar to not turn into 12 cents after they send it to their family they got to keep this dollar a whole dollar you know it's got to it's going to start from the bottom up economically it's not going to be these rich cats who un- understand and suddenly get it because right. all the rich cats are interested in is turning whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's a an oil field or whether it's, you know, whatever they happen to grab, all of this farmland being snatched up. All they're interested in is mining dollars out of all of those things. They're interested in turning the Bitcoin into more dollars. They're interested in turning the real estate into more dollars. They're interested in turning the McDonald's franchises into more dollars. And the poor people are interested in being able to exchange their goods and services for value, which they can in turn actually save or send where they want to send it without a bunch of asshole fee takers in the middle. So it's going to come from the ground up and it's been going that way. I think it'll continue to just slowly roll that way. And that's the beauty of it. Like it doesn't take a documentary to keep that going. It doesn't take me saying something to you out there doesn't take any of that shit. It's just gonna happen on its own. It's been happening on its own. It's gonna continue to do so. And I it's like very comforting.
0: I agree. And when the government tries to crack down and regulate it, it seems to get stronger.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> uh, they can't even ban weed. Exactly. So congratulations.
0: There was only one thing that bummed me out about that documentary. And it was this one boy. And Elzante said that his dream was to meet his mom, who left him with his grandparents when he was four and went to America to work. And they showed her at the beginning of the documentary, they showed him kicking ass as a lifeguard and surfing and teaching people things in the documentary. And then they ended the documentary with her, but they never brought them together. And it just broke my heart. Yeah, I'm like, you guys talk to both of them. You could have made this boy's dream come true. It
4: was a little weird. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, but That's I a spoiler. Alert. I, I don't know
4: the intricacies of.
0: Maybe there's a follow up laws
4: and shit. You know, fucking.
0: Yeah, but also maybe it just leaves an open ending for a sequel. It's
4: possible. Possible. Uh, overall, it's pretty well done. Yeah. And then the discussion that followed was always great. I love just talking Bitcoin with. Um, There was one guy there who was a newcomer. Most of us were the pretty dedicated core.
0: Yes, we got to fight the FUD or answer uh, questions that you see on endthefud.org. Yeah, just your typical
4: stuff, you know. Why does it take so much energy? That kind of stuff. Why does it take so much energy? I kind of was fascinated by the fact that it seems to me like Bitcoin is one of the few things people handering about the energy cost of. Uh, in comparison to a lot of other sillier things that take more energy, that we could at least hear some whining about. I'm not saying, like, uh, well, let's take electric clothes dryers, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to have clothes lines everywhere in this country, and now we've got electric clothes dryers, which take up a shitload of energy, more than the Bitcoin network. You count up all the energy that's uh, consumed by electric clothes dryers, but, uh, That's not a big deal because, you know, that's a modern convenience that we absolutely need and is necessary and it's worth the energy expenditure to get your clothes dry, not outside. Okay. Uh, An NFL game. Oh my. An NFL game takes an incredible amount of energy, uh, my CO2, my greenhouse emissions, all of this shit, you know, Uh, and those go on week by week, all the time, Uh, but you know, that's all right. That's cool. It's worth it. We're not, we're not concerned about any of that. Concerned about the Bitcoin mining because it's boiling the oceans. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole rabbit hole. I don't want to get into it. We all know. And
0: this is just a side point, but I seem to have a deficient understanding of how energy grids work and the whole energy system at large because I didn't realize that there are points of time where there's only maybe 80% revenue coming in and they have these machines which their whole job is to just eat up energy so that it doesn't get wasted and miners could take that job. Mm -hmm. There's actually a need for it. There's a need for groups of objects like the Bitcoin miners to suck up energy so that everything's being used efficiently.
4: Yeah, I can't remember the term that... uh...
0: I need to phone a friend from our Casey Bitcoiners on this, he was using for this the... would be a very interesting bulls with buds. This is true.
4: This is true.
0: Someone with knowledge of the power grid and how it all works and how there's literally nothing to be afraid of with the miners and the energy they eat because we actually need that with the way we harness electricity in mm. the modern age.
4: Yeah, just using up excess uh, otherwise wasted energy. Is a great use case.
0: Yep. Uh, What
4: else went down? What else went down? You've been putting a shitload of Posh Boxes in the mail. That's kind of cool.
0: I have. I've been busy on my side gig, which is nice. I'm trying to turn my office into the girl's bedroom, which means I need to get rid of a lot of things. (laughs) And so I've just been selling them online. I use Poshmark because shipping is a nightmare everywhere else and it's always been simple for me on Poshmark and I've been doing it for a while so just moving stuff holidays are coming people are spending money
4: get the junk out the door man
0: yep and I got to I was walking into the post office and I was carrying four or five boxes and they were stacked over my head and one of them fell so then it was a classic Circus Lorien scene where I bend over to get it. And I drop all my boxes, you know, and this girl was going in. She must have been probably 14 years old and she starts restacking my boxes for me. So I'm like, oh, thanks. She says, are you with Poshmark? I said, yeah. And she's got one little envelope and she's like, I just sold this on Poshmark. I said, way to go. That's awesome. But her <laughs> eyes were all wide. She says, you nice. made a lot of sales. I said, well, I've been doing this for a while, so it takes time, takes time, and constant listing, but we were, we got to put our stuff in the mail together, and then when she left, I said, happy poshing. <laughs> she was just glowing. It made my day.
4: Made her a little day.
0: Yep, Yeah, we made each other's day.
4: Excellent. That's always a good feeling.
0: Yeah, human connection at the post office. It's happening, bowl after bowl. Crazy. <laughs> You love to see it.
4: You love to see it. You also love to see all of the uh, jackboxers jacking around. We played a little jackbox Sunday night.
0: Jizz jazzin Jizz jazzin To waboobies.
4: We made (laughs) some new words, new vocabulary words. Uh, For those of you who have not had the pleasure in joining uh, Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra for their every other Sunday night jackbox games, it's really not about the jackbox games, okay? Or uh, about the the group call or about whatever. It's about just hanging out with cool people. Yeah. And it happens to be the uh, way in which we do it, is to play some Jackbox games, uh, which it doesn't even matter. I could, uh, I don't know, I could just sit in an empty room with those guys. Yeah. And it would be a blast of a blast. So I really appreciate them for hosting that every other week because it's a... Uh, Definitely a highlight.
0: It's added an immense amount of value to our group. It's a great time. Definitely. And I look forward to it. And I say, screw my chores. I'm playing Jackbox with my friends. Thank God.
4: (laughs) I've been begging long enough. Well, and people have been begging through me to you.
0: Yeah. To join the crowd, so. Mary-Kate Ultra just pinned me down on a homegrown hits and said, you are coming Sunday. Mm. (laughs) You will be there.
4: Is there footage of this?
0: There's probably For audio clips.
4: Research purposes.
0: You can listen to the whole thing as many times as you like on a homegrown hits. Not that long ago.
4: I'm just envisioning Mary Kate Ultra pinning you down and saying, "You are coming." Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? Oh, uh, I had a little birdie hop in my DMs and uh, ask me if I could uh, possibly be a guest host. Ooh, tomorrow. Ooh. evening for a special rare encounter which uh in my estimation be one of the rarest encounters of all because i'll be on there nice so cold acid has tapped me and said hey can you uh can you um sit in for mr abel kirby because he has prior engagement herbal Kirby. and i said you know it actually works out that i can do that sweet tomorrow so uh We know you always tune in to Rare Encounter, but uh, tune in for sure, extra excitedly, uh, because I'll I'll be joining Cold Acid for an encounter. My first encounter. I'm so stoked about it.
0: A very rare encounter indeed. I was all giddy. 6 p.m. Central.
4: I will be in charge of uh, pressing play on the knowledge industry from my end. Nice. Which is always a treat. Uh, and Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be off to the races. Who knows? I might even bring a topic. I'm not certain, but I'm I'm seriously considering it. Wow! And if any bowlers have uh, some topics they want to vicariously pitch through me to bring to the encounter, well, you know where to hit me, Sir Spencer, on No Agenda Social or Spencer at com. right in my email box because I check that thing frequently. My email box. Oh yeah, I'm like always looking at the email. God, I open that thing. I was like. This is like two hundred and twenty five unread emails, and I was like, Oh my god. And
0: the whole front page when you open it is just unread emails. It you know so got, I avert my gaze. Uh
4: in my defense, those aren't those aren't all bull after bull emails that like have a unified inbox thing. So like I just put all of the pain into one unified inbox and then uh Yeah, but you <laughs> blow it off. It's not as bad as my real estate email, okay. If I take a look at that <laughs> thing, that's probably like thirteen hundred by now. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, my. RIP my fucking real estate quote-unquote career. I helped the people I needed to help, and that was the important part of that whole endeavor.
0: Yes, it was. Uh, only other thing interesting,
4: really, is we've been delving back into this old HBO series.
0: Oh, this is a great
4: one. Which I found when I was too young to be watching this type of thing. But H- HBO had this series called Real Sex, uh, which apparently they started in 1990. It was just kind of this irregular uh short documentary style one hour feature type thing forty five minute to an hour feature that they did and it's just this wild weird variety of candid interviews and and scenes from all kinds of different weird uh sex themed topics so like they interview people at the this brothel in nevada and they uh
0: they did Talk one on to a
4: latex fetish lady.
0: Mm-hmm. Homemade home videos. Homemade
4: home videos. Uh,
0: Masturbation classes.
4: The the sex phone ladies. There was that chick that had this voyeur show in New York, like just this local TV show. Where you could call in and she was just on the show. Oh, man, that was <laughs> so interesting. That New- looked like a lot of fun. New York, especially in that era, was just like there's certain stuff that only existed there. Yeah. And I guess it's still true. I mean, it's not like that's not true, but I don't know. I feel like that post-internet age, there's a certain hyper-local culture that has been kind of blended together. And we we lost a lot of different, weird, unique things in terms of public access TV, in terms of calling on a landline to something, uh, a few things that are just sort of relics of a certain time. So anyway, catching up on real sex, that's always fun.
0: (laughs) It's just beautiful, and I appreciate the way that they approach all the topics. It's it's wholesome smut, the whole show. And it's not censored, Yeah, but it's not grotesque the way that big porn can be, if you know what I mean by that. The industry and the way it's been pitched. This is sensual as well as sexual, and it gets to the heart of the matter and the human connection, and why sex is so damn important.
4: It's like they couldn't have made a better name for the series because it couldn't be more real, and it couldn't be more sex.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's just
4: perfect. And I've for ages fantasized about having some sort of kind of like sex and spirituality workshop type thing. Yeah, Uh, retreat
0: in the woods.
4: There's a bunch of different kind of... Uh, iterations of those yeah. throughout the series, like it's it's kind of a thing that's out there that people do, and I'm like, fuck, I could do that.
0: Yep. And then there was Swing Stock. oh thirty third year of that coming up. There are thirty three episodes of that thing. Thirty three episodes. That's right. So yeah, hmm. yeah. Hmm. who can go wrong?
4: Who can go wrong? Anyway, it's been a fun, remarkable eventful week, but we want to uh, put off no more time. We want to thank everybody who keeps this show running. The bowlers, the producers. This is a Value for Value podcast, after all. And that means that we put this thing out there week after week, bowl after bowl, with no paywall, with no ad reads, with no weird strings attached, no uh, program manager handing me a piece of paper saying you gotta read all of this. Definitely don't talk about this. Uh, etc. No, it's all you guys, the bowlers, that are driving the show. Uh and Lauren and I, together with the buds that we sometimes get to, to hang out with us in the bowl, we put as much value into the show as we can come up with. And we just ask that you would analyze it, evaluate it. What's it worth to you? What, what value did you get out? Let's think about putting a number on that and giving it back uh, in terms of treasure. Or there's also time or talent. We'll go through the whole thing right here in our lovely value for value segment. But we always start off with our treasure senders. Uh, because it definitely keeps the show going, it keeps the lights on, and the nodes running, and the webs served on the servers, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Gives us our dedicated wham.
4: That's right. <laughs> our dedicated wham for the uh, live stream that you may be listening to right now, if you're hearing my voice right at this moment, uh, in real time. or you could be listening in the future. Uh, I did check... The PayPal's today, and it was a goose egg, but I always want to refresh just to check because sometimes people squeak in at the last moment just in case. And I've been burned on this before, and no, nothing since the last show from the PayPal's. Um, If you want to get in on that, though, there is a button at the bottom of every page of bullafterbolt.com where you could send a one time or a recurring, uh, which we got some auto pay bills set up to that PayPal. So, Uh, The recurring donations kind of keep those fed, and we appreciate those. But a lot of the excitement has shifted over to this podcasting 2.0. We spent uh, the first part of the show talking a lot about some Bitcoin action. And one of the more exciting features of podcasting 2.0, in my personal opinion, are these boostograms. uh, Real value-for-value streaming and boosts um, coming through on lightning rails on the layer 2 of the Bitcoin network. And you can attach a little message to them. Uh, If you want to get in on this action, if you're like, how can I participate? This sounds like fun. Uh, All you got to do is take off all your clothes and go over to nudepodcastapps.com. Pick you out a nude podcast app. You want to sort by value and app. Those are the two filters. There's a bunch of filters you can filter these apps through. And you want to filter by uh, app and by value. And then you will be looking at a big long list of iPhone and Android and web apps and Linux apps, uh, all the way down to Linux, Windows, etc. All the different choices that you can listen to your favorite podcast and boost those that are value enabled. Uh, we even have a little jingle from Hey Citizen to get you in the mood. I'm gonna boost some stats. I've got forty thousand in my wallet. I'm 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 boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome, as we like to say. And we are scrolling back to read the boost since the last show. Uh, Harvat hit us on the outro last Tuesday night with 3333 sats. Look All at that. Right.
0: Thank you, Harvhat.
4: Uh, and then he hit us right immediately again with 1420 sats.
0: Very nice.
4: Both of those coming out of Curio Caster. So thank you, Harvhat. Uh Phoenix also hit us in the post show with a 3333.
0: All right. Thanks, Phoenix.
4: Out of that fountain app. And she says, final strike, night, DeLorean and Sir Spencer. And we bid her 99. Uh, But I'd like to thank her on the show, of course. You've got a lot of love from Homegrown Hits coming
0: over. I do.
4: Which you do every Thursday with Mary-Kate Ultra and Daisy B. Cooper.
0: Yes, 7 p.m. Central on the Bowl After Bowl stream. Hopefully this week for episode 10, taking over the Mighty No Agenda stream also.
4: Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be a good uh, Thursday night addition to the stream. Most definitely. Still seeing some boost for the wait is
0: over. Nice. It's
4: a little rap I did uh for the DMU decentralized music craze that's been taken off this year in a big way. Uh fifty sats from Chad F. Appreciate you, chat. We are looking at a lot of homegrown hit stuff. I love that. Uh Someday we will filter this helipad. I would like, by the way, for you to pull up your helipad just in case because my node has been off and on, oh, off and on a little okay. bit. So I just want to make sure your node has not been off even a little bit. Nah, my node is always on. Lucky you. <laughs> Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Um, Yes.
0: I have nothing but good things to say about the Umbral for what it's worth.
4: Yeah, it seems like a just a chug, chug, chug bit. But I
0: also don't fuck with my node. I turned it on, I opened my channels, and that's it. It's the only time I'm touching it.
4: Yeah, it just keeps on going on There's, and on. It
0: tells me when I need to update, and I update it.
4: That is just a fantastic way to live. Uh, Dotard Ted is back, by the way. Aw, Teddy. Uh, 13,333 sats from Dotard Ted.
0: Woo, thank you.
4: Out of Fountain. Uh, he says wow what a show so full of interesting news and 33's yes indeed so many last bowl he says I thought I'd add a few of my own congrats to professor Spencer for finishing another semester of teaching (laughs) thank you Uh, darling DeLorean be still my beating heart for all you do looking forward to next week I need to figure out how to listen live I think I'm missing half of the fun
0: live is a lot of fun it's it is. It's
4: cool because you can hop in the bowl. Uh, we're in the zero node.irc uh or irc. node.net, excuse me, network. That is our network. You can find a Kiwi link. If you're brand new to IRC, you can just keep uh, click on a Kiwi link. If you go to bowlafterbowl.com and click on listen live, that'll open up a program called Kiwi IRC that you can just do it in the browser like everything else in uh, the modern web environment. You can just do it in the goddamn browser. How about that? Browsers for everything now. Uh, but if you already mess a little bit with IRZ, IRC, uh, hop over in Zero Node, join the Bull After Bull channel in the same uh, lovely network Void Zero runs that uh, hosts all of the Mighty No Agenda Stream shows. Just add another channel onto your uh, troll room plate, pound Bull After Bull. You won't regret it. All of the bullers are in there right now.
0: Yep. Just, and... You can hop in any time, even when the show's not live. That's right. We're always uh, in there. We got an eye on it now because we got the lounge. We're lounging, if lounging you, about. If you want to take your IRC
4: game to the next level, ask me about the lounge. I will, ha- <laughs> I will happily spread the uh, good news of the lounge to you. Uh, and thank you, Dotard Ted.
0: Yeah, thank you, Teddy. I'm going to call him Teddy because uh, Dotard Ted. I Still it, not it, sure I'm getting it. it.
4: It's a little bit hard to say. Plus, uh, your name is Teddy. Teddy.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh
4: 3333 coming in from Sir truck driver. He was catching it uh up on that Mary Kate Ultra and make Hair was in bowls with Ooh. buds.
0: Thank you, sir Truck driver. and
4: Fountain. So thank you very much appreciate you. uh we have speaking of catching up here a way throwback boost. I'm not sure the explanation here, but there is a
0: 69 69 dudes.
4: A sixty-nine, sixty-nine boost from Hey Citizen out of Podverse.
0: Hey, Citizen.
4: He's boasting episode 215, Funny Little Smurf. Wow, that was a while ago. Talk about a throwback. Uh, And he says, pre-boosting before I die of fatigue. Heart and lightning bolt emojis, you stony bastards, you. And then he ends with a little Florida de lis
0: Very nice. Thank you, Hey Citizen.
4: The uh, French Canadian Italian stallion known as Hey Citizen.
0: Love and lightning to you, too, sir.
4: Love and lightning. (laughs) Gotta love it. Uh, Also, 4269 from Harvhat coming in coming in to start things off because he sees the live tag go lit, and he just hits us, pow, with that 4269. Uh, So we appreciate you, Harvhat. He's also coming in from Podverse, by the way. I loved seeing uh, all of the bowlers hop from different apps. Use multiple apps, hop here, hop there. It's how I do it, too you got to use multiple apps.
0: And for me, it's about wallets, too. You want to have a little bit and a bunch of different wallets in case something happens. Yeah,
4: here and there and everywhere, you know.
0: Like a squirrel stashing sats.
4: Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of squirrels, we got 17,776 sats. That's an extended freedom boost, uh, which I do have a jingle for. Uh, And I should have saved it while I had the chance because it is refusing to connect. Probably just too old. Damn it. I had a file for that. But I relied on the uh, <laughs> cat box link for t- too long.
0: Wah, wah. It went something like this. Freedom!
4: I didn't do it justice, but I tried.
0: That was pretty good. That was
4: from Booberry, by the way. He's boosting out a Boost CLI. You can boost Totally Sovereign from your own node. What's better than that? I don't know of a single option better than that. You know what he says? What does he say? He says, you can't spell I want to be your Muppet without Sista Fista on Ellen Beats.
0: <laughs> nice. He,
4: he got him. He got him. He's been uh, working that Fista for a minute. Uh, he's had his eyes set on the prize, and he got that prize. Two brand new albums on DMU. Go to ellenbeats.com. Either way you hear that works, by the way.
0: New to Demu, You'll love to hear it.
4: New to Demu, You can search Sista Fista. And uh, you can get some punk-ass rock and roll going on.
0: And that's over 430 songs on demu from ThunderRoad.media.
4: Yes, that's just one moth making it happen right there. Hundreds of tracks for your listening, boosting value for value pleasure. Uh, what a guy that guy is. Holy yeah. shit. And your value goes straight to the artist. He never rests.
0: He's a mad moth, man.
4: Blessings. Blessings to you, Booberry. Uh, And good night to Frankie.
0: Night-night, Frankie. Uh, but it's not all just treasure, right, Lorian? That's right. There are plenty of ways to contribute value. Simplest of all, pass the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. We love having new bowlers around. Everyone contributes value in their own special way. We're all valuable. And second of all, bowl after bowl, always needs art, whether it's for the episode or for the chapters that you see in your newfangled podcasting 2.0 compliant players, always need new art. So if you're an artist, we appreciate your art submissions and jingles, of course, like you've heard from Hey Citizen. We have one from Fletcher coming up later. Stingers. Fletcher has been a god at that. And another simple form of value is calling our voicemail line. Every week we have a voicemail topic, and this week we want to hear about the first time you ever sleepwalked. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 in the Play
4: your voice.
0: No, that's right. We don't screen the voicemails either. So whatever you say goes. And you can also send a text message or picture message if you are voice shy or in a dead zone.
4: Yeah, we got options is what uh, the point of that is. We got options.
0: But we love hearing from you. It's incredible value to the bowl. That's
4: right. It's part of the, uh, the whole experience. Um, another part of the whole experience is once we wrap up. With the Thank Everybody Value segment, we roll into a new segment. I like to call streaming
0: boosted grounds, make they really wanna build a node.
4: Ah yeah, the old on-chain, off-chain, cocaine, shit stain.
0: May uh, I interrupt you for two boosts that didn't come through to either of our nodes, but I see them on fountain. Sure. Fountain is acting very screwy. Uh, I, by the way, did not get any kind of reply
4: or acknowledgement to my uh, questions and complaints about this issue, Mm. which is the first for me dealing with Fountain at all to not, you know, to just
0: kind of get ghosted. So I'll have to say something also. Feeling great about that. NetNed boosted 3,333 sats on Fountain and said, bowl after bowl is powered by love. And some weed with a smiley face emoji. Thank you, bitch. And Booley Steed boosted 12,345 sats and said, Preach, brother, the stop using your electric dryer argument.
4: <laughs>
0: Shit, I love boosters. Well, thank you. So I am adding them to the producer list
4: because thank you, we thank love you. them
0: both dearly. And I don't know why Fountain is not pumping through the value.
4: Yeah, uh, Steed's reporting same for the MMO show today. They were having some uh, fountain routing issues. Now, I know that there's node server maintenance going on, some planned scheduled maintenance. Uh, and I believe it's actually a Zebedee maintenance that affects fountain since mm. Zebedee is their wallet provider. Uh, but hey, didn't this one guy tell you that you should really like build a node? And then you would not have to worry about anybody's scheduled maintenance. You could be like Boobery boosting from Boost CLI, directly from your own machine, uh, and fuck scheduled maintenance. Doesn't affect you. That's right. Doesn't affect you. Uh, the on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain, by the way, for those new to the program or to the concept, this is just kind of a section where we like to talk about uh, Bitcoin and specifically node running. And being kind of a sovereign actor in this whole Bitcoin money system. It's going to become increasingly important as time goes on. Because what we're going to see is exactly what the Mimi boys want, which is finger wag uh, hyper Bitcoinization. But I personally dread hyper Bitcoinization. I personally dread when everybody has Bitcoin. I personally dread when all of the normies have Bitcoin. You know why? 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 Because none of them are going to be on their own fucking node. They're all going to be wrecked, custodied somebody else's bitch. Okay, There's going to be massive uh, ETFs rolled out uh, by BlackRock by others who will follow suit Mm -hmm. and you're going to go to a financial advisor or some other uh, finger wag expert who will take your money buy Bitcoin with it and then hold that Bitcoin for you So that you feel safe and secure and you don't have to feel afraid. Uh, And that's a tremendous disservice to you because what you could do is get that Bitcoin for yourself and own it yourself in custody, all of that yourself. And I know it's scary, but you could be in charge of your own money. How about that? Uh, A lot of people think that this is some kind of a, a safety type of insurance sort of move to pay somebody else a fee to hold the Bitcoin. Uh, But in reality, if they get fucking wrecked, you don't really have any recourse. You're doing this because, oh, if somebody knows more about it and then I trust them, uh, I don't know how much attention you've been paying to this whole uh, Bitcoin scenario as it's rolled out. Uh, But perhaps if you're still hesitant about building your own node, you might have been paying as much attention as vice has Hat tip to make heroism for sending me this hilarious piece from Vice this week. Uh, Motherboard tech by Vice. The headline states, crypto crashed and everyone's in jail. Investors (laughs) think it's coming back anyway. This is a wonderful take. Uh, Let me just cherry pick some uh, pieces of this lovely, lovely piece from Vice as we expect, you know, them to come up with some really great uh, thought provoking discussions You would be forgiven for thinking that the whole crypto thing is finally over. Oh my god! A dubious chapter in financial history uh, finally closed. After all, most NFTs are worthless, shitcoins are still in the toilet, and the biggest names from crypto's recent bubble are all in jail. But some investors aren't seeing it that way. Denizens of the crypto world are currently debating whether they are, in fact, so back. Uh, And so back, by the way. (laughs) Links to the Know Your Meme page for It's So Over, slash, We're So Back. Like, uh, vice is just so obvious with their shit.
0: (laughs) So lame, more like it.
4: Cryptocurrencies had a breakout moment during the pandemic, with the price of Bitcoin skyrocketing from under 10 grand in April 2019 to 60K in April 2020. The rising tide lifted all boats regardless of seaworthiness, and an explosion of tokens ranging from Doge-themed meme coins to so-called decentralized finance coins that promised huge returns based on risky mechanisms followed. Millionaires and billionaires were newly minted, at least on paper, yes, and a genuine craze took hold. Celebrities promoted the idea that JPEGs were the future of investing, Uh, a disheveled Sam Bankman-frayed. Uh, pitched himself as a benevolent savior using profits from his crypto exchange FTX. Matt Damon sold Super Bowl viewers that investing in speculative internet money was the bravest thing anyone could do. What was the uh, future favors the brave or something like that? <laughs> so brave. Uh, I don't know. It didn't last. In 2022, dominoes fell one after another as stable crypto protocols imploded, safe coins crashed. And budding empires crumbled overnight. The fallout was severe. Investors lost a lot of money. Fraud charges quickly followed. The list of former crypto paragons currently in jail or facing criminal charges is staggering. FTX uh, famous goblin uh, Sam Bakeman Freud was found guilty, fried, freed, whatever the fuck you say it, (laughs) on all fraud charges. Uh, Alex Machinsky, CEO of the Crypto Bank Celsius, was arrested and charged with fraud. The chief figures behind Popular SafeMoon Crypto Project have also been arrested and charged with fraud. Terra Luna's Do Kwan is sitting in a Montenegro jail cell, faces fraud charges in the U.S. Zhu Su, co-founder of uh, the cratered Three Arrows Capital Crypto Hedge Fund. Uh, you remember the Three Arrows Capital who Pomp said,
0: rocket ship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could forget.
4: Cheers, Pomp. <laughs> Uh, pomp. By the way, he's doing fine. He's doing all well. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just shilling. He's not actually directly involved in wrecking people's lives. He's just shilling for the other people doing it. Yep. His partner, Kyle Davies, renounced his U.S. citizenship, and his location is reportedly unknown.
6: <laughs> uh,
4: no word on the Genesis boys, but hey, there's a lot uh of people who lost their asses uh because this was their first go round. And some of us have seen this cycle happen many times. It's not the first time. Uh, nobody, nobody talks about Mt. Gox anymore. Mm. Okay, but, but Mount Gox was the FTX of when I first started using Bitcoin. And I wouldn't even say learned about Bitcoin, because when I started using Bitcoin, I didn't know shit about it. I was just degenerate internet gambling. I was just playing poker online for fake money, or like what felt like fake money, you know? So that I didn't have to feel bad about losing dollars. I could just have these like tokens that I could go get from a faucet every once in a while and fucking lose them to to strangers on the internet and poker games.
0: And the faucets were wild. You were getting sats for free just by oh, yeah, clicking man. places, reloading
4: pages. See when I when I first bought it was I was watching it dip and I said, you know, when it goes below 420, hey LMAO, I I will grab some. And it was sub four hundred And I don't even remember how I bought it. this how long ago it was? Like, I'm certain it wasn't Coinbase. I don't remember. I have no idea. I just, I grabbed some so that I could gamble. And, uh, well, (laughs) all of that went pretty much down the toilet.
0: But so far in this article, they're just talking about shit coins, and they name-dropped Bitcoin once.
4: This is true. This is true. And a lot of scams using Bitcoin, too. Uh, Let's see. The article goes on to say... The emerging narrative around crypto after a brief and puzzling tangent into AI hype, which, by the way, I agree with a lot of the sentiment around the most of these shit coins and scams, right? The shit coins and scams have built this huge smoke screen up around Bitcoin, and it's just going to continue. The mm-hmm. shit coins and scams will continue, but the people running them are now going to be the professional elites who are going to come in. We're going to say, no, fuck this uh sloppy curly haired goblin kid that's our job to run the scams we will run the scams thank you very goddamn much we will run the etf on bitcoin uh and you slaves can get in line and buy it from us and we're sanctioned and we're safe and we have the blessing of the federal government
0: right because it's going to be the same players we've already seen in usd schemes that's correct
4: uh and what a perfect scenario for them to come in and rescue everybody you know, everybody's lost their ass. People are in jail. Now they swoop in and say, we're BlackRock, and we're here to save you hmm. and have safe Bitcoin. Uh,
0: we're safe and efficient.
4: Meanwhile, Elizabeth Warren hand rings about these uh, ever more sophisticated means of self-custody. Self-custody was the way it fucking started. There didn't used to be a dumbass exchange that you could give your money to, and they'd hold your Bitcoin for you. Bitcoin started off, you just have Bitcoin in a fucking wallet. Yeah. You run Bitcoin Core, you've got it, it's yours. You got your keys, those represent you know, your ability to spend that Bitcoin. That's, that's how it started. It didn't progress into this weird, extra, complicated manner of self-custody. Right. Uh, the custody is the progressively uh, creepy and um, complex game that's being put on top of this thing. Not the other way around. Don't get it twisted. Elizabeth Warren. Uh, so anyway, a lot of scams got exposed. In mid-October, a Morgan Stanley strategist named uh, Danny Jalindo, I guess, wrote a blog declaring that crypto winter might already be over. That was widely covered by crypto news outlets. Numerous articles also predicted the SEC will soon approve a spot ETF uh, and start selling paper Bitcoin. An anonymous source claimed that Grayscale Investments is in contact with the SEC after the court decided the regulator's previous denial of its ETF was arbitrary and capricious. Uh, Reports that uh, BlackRock is also seeking approval for their spot ETF. Uh, Registered a corporate entity called iShares Ethereum Trust, similarly excited investors. These little bits of news and their supposed implications have boosted cryptocurrency prices. Bitcoin is currently sitting at 37 k at my last check. According to the Clark Moody dashboard, uh, 35.5 K, which means by the way, uh, I don't like seeing number go up. Not yet. I'm not ready yet. What this means is I can only get 2,800 sats for my dollar. I remember just a couple months ago, just a few months back, we could get four to 5,000 sats for our dollar and now we can only get 2,800. That's my mentality. That's what I'm seeing. Uh, there's a sense of desperation to all of this says vice. After the endless waves of fraud charges, collapsed hours uh, or excuse me, collapsed houses of cards and wrecked futures, institutional sign-off may well be the final bid for crypto's acceptance back into the mainstream. Case in point, a viral tweet from a popular cryptocurrency news outlet claiming that BlackRock's ETF had been approved, sent Bitcoin's prices soaring for about twenty minutes before it was proven to be false. Yeah, that was an early drop. Uh, wrong tweet. Here's the stunning conclusion. Can crypto really mount a true comeback outside of a niche subset of risk-taking investors? Talk about missing the fucking plot. It seems unlikely, says Vice, even if regulators approve an ETF. All of the building excitement may be nothing but vapor, leaving the industry in search of a new narrative to fuel the hype cycle. But for now, despite all of crypto's anti-establishment posturing over the years, the financial system crypto was once destined to disrupt is what believers think can save it. False. 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 This is just a continuation of the same old scams. These guys represent the new Sam Bankman Freed. Don't (laughs) get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. The way uh, forward sovereignly is to just get a fucking computer and an SSD. I picked one up at Micro Center today, an SSD, to plug into this new box. Uh, For 200 bucks, you can get new equipment or... Barely old refurbished equipment. Put a, put a program on there. Run your own Lightning Node. And what you have is your own bank and payment processor. Your own. You can be your own finance bro. And you can save stuff. It's not about, oh, I'm going to dump all of my life savings money dollars that I can't afford into Bitcoin so that I can make more dollars. Because this time next year I'll have more dollars. Fuck dollars. That's the point. Dollars are a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Zoom out on the dollar purchasing power graph, people. Look at where that piece of shit has gone in the last hundred years, specifically since the 70s. You're getting wrecked every day. Every day you're getting wrecked. You're saving for retirement for your entire fucking life, and you're getting wrecked year after year doing so. So when's it going to stop? You know, there's not a lot of other options. The whole point of this thing is that it's scarce and trustless. I don't have to trust these assholes, whether they're little fat goblin boy or whether they're big, scary black rock or anybody in between. Mm -hmm. I don't have to trust anybody but me. Me, who I should trust, by the way. You should trust you. If you don't trust you out there, I hear people tell that to me from time to time. I just don't trust myself enough. What? What? We got a problem then, people. If you don't trust you, then we got a big, big problem. And we need to do some fucking soul searching and housekeeping. You need to start trusting yourself. Because are you going to fuck yourself over? Are you going to stab yourself in the back? Then we've got bigger issues than Bitcoin. All right? We've got a life crisis going on is what we've got at that point. It just it breaks my heart to see this all misinterpreted. Uh, But it also kind of gives me courage at the same time because hyper, hyper Bitcoinization, it's, it's a bad thing to root for because you're going to get what you wish for, but it's not going to be what you wanted. It's going to be that everybody has fake Bitcoin in a Facebook account or a fucking Elon Musk version, and it's not even yours.
0: Yeah, I remember PayPal started off that way. Where you could buy Bitcoin, but it was really PayPal's Bitcoin because you couldn't transfer it out of the PayPal system.
4: Yes. It reminded me a little bit of all of the different uh, Bitcoin eulogies we've read over the years.
0: Oh, yeah. Bitcoin is dead.
4: Uh, Bitcoin won't last, (laughs) but crypto is here to stay, said Edward Snowden back in uh, March of 2021.
0: That was his hot
4: take. Uh, Yeah. So, like... Bitcoin's going to die, but then its excitement will just transfer to another shitcoin. People have been saying that for the longest also. I remember when Litecoin was going to solve all of the problems that Bitcoin had. Litecoin. Look at that piece of dog shit now. Uh, and it's just a new coin that comes along trying to be the the big daddy, but it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out because a lot of these problems have already been solved just fine. A lot of people come along and they're like, well, you know... Bitcoin, it's just like, it's not quite refined yet. It needs a little more refinement. It's fucking perfect. It's been working on layer one since the first block. It's working out. There's some extra solutions that make us kind of able to do some cooler shit. You know, the Lightning Network is a great example of how we can do some extra cool shit on top. We can zoom this Bitcoin around super cheap, super fast, attach messages to it, have a lot of fun. But the underlying actual hard money, the stuff that actually really matters when you dig down and figure out what is going on with money itself, that, that shit's been solved since 2009. It's been working wonderfully. It's been working wonderfully. Uh, I didn't expect to go too long into the shit stain, so let me just uh, kind of trim down on what I was going to no, talk No, it's about.
0: valuable. Go for it.
4: Um, thank you, by the way, Maki, for sending me that.
0: Yeah. Because it, it gave me a good chuckle <laughs> and it
4: took me down memory lane uh, because some of, some of us have seen this whole song and dance before, right?
0: And I'm sure we'll see it again.
4: When, when I bought in under 400, people were jumping out of windows because it was at 1,200. Mm. And now it's, at, you know, uh, it's lost 60, 70% of its value over the year and uh, people lost their whole life savings. We <sighs> saw the same fucking thing when it went from 60 to 30, to 20, 10, uh, or 16.
0: This is what kills me. People always start buying when it's high, and then it inevitably comes down, and then they start selling it off when it's low. And it's like, well, you just lost your own ass, dude. I just, remember,
4: <laughs> hanging on. I remember people like freaking out on uh, No Agenda Social last year, like, uh, 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 guys, it's sixteen k. Like, should I sell it? I'm like, only if you want to lose a shitload of money, then yes, sell. Your Bitcoin that you bought at 50, like, just fucking hang on, man. Just chill out. Yeah. Just chill out.
0: You've got the corn.
4: Fuck. Hang on to it for a while. People were like, should I sell it? Meanwhile, I'm like fucking backing the truck up. Like, dude, we can get it under 20K right now. Back the motherfucking truck up. (laughs) Let's go. Oh, my God. All right. All right. I'll do a couple more. The chat's like, the chat's like, come on. We like this. Uh, I do want to do some more research into this, but there's this white paper that came out uh, just a couple of days ago. Bitstream, hmm. decentralized file hosting incentivized via Bitcoin payments, and uh, just just the surface level read of it reminds me a lot of the IPFS podcasting setup. Okay. Uh, essentially, the way it works is an atomic swap of coins for files would enable an open market for content hosting in which anyone can monetize their excess bandwidth and data storage capacities by serving decentralized multimedia services. I mean, this this sounds to me right off the bat exactly what IPFS is already doing. Um, but this paper is uh, calling itself Bitstream. So I'll have a link to the paper and uh, the GitHub repo in the show notes, which, uh, Lorian, I'll send you right now. Okay. But the gist is that you could host files and use your bandwidth and people can download those files from you and uh, pay a little bit, pay a micro payment for the uh, privilege of downloading here. They also have a toy implementation of this uh, surface in the background as well. So all those links in the show notes, perhaps some bowlers can uh, help me, help me do some research on this. Cause I always found that kind of, kind of interesting. Like how could I, Help chip in and and farm a little bit of sats off of it, you know, a trickle a trickle here and a trickle there.
6: It's it adds not, up. It's
4: nice to have a little bit of sats flow, uh, if nothing other than to, to pour it back in, pour it back into this value circular value economy that we have got going on here ourselves. You know, people are figuring it out. People are figuring out that you can have a little circular economy and just have a little bit of money flow, a little bit of value flow. That you don't need to ask permission for. It's, it's very nice. It's very freedom. And the uh, only thing that big retards can do is ruin it. So why would you beg for hyper-Bitcoinization? That's beyond me. Uh, here's a story that made me less sad as it came by. Armed Bitcoin robbery surge in Sweden due to open data on citizens. Hmm. This Monday, a middle-aged Swedish couple was tied up in their home and robbed by four masked men. They were physically abused and threatened with their own kitchen knives. They were tied up for hours, and one had to be escorted to the hospital via helicopter. This is from uh, reporter Eric Wall over on Twitter, although I have a Knitter, knitter link. Cool. Because we're extra based around here or whatever. Um, yeah, the deal, he says, unfortunately, this is not a new occurrence in, in Sweden, Uh, Only last month, two well-known Bitcoin slash crypto profiles were targeted in their homes by masked armed men. One of them had no physical Bitcoin, was physically abused for three hours. The other got away because only their spouse was home at the time. First time this happened was last year. One of Sweden's most well-known Bitcoiners had criminals break into their apartment. Uh, Even though that person gave up a significant amount of Bitcoin, they were physically beaten and abused for hours in front of their partner. That person was scarred for months largely withdrew from public life after the assault. What appears to be common for each of these cases is that the victims had live-streamed a podcast about Bitcoin crypto days before the assault or mentioned Bitcoin in a public context. Uh, By the way, if you want the fucking shit blown out of your face... (laughs) Yeah. uh, Come pull that in not Sweden. Uh, Come pull that in Swope Park.
0: Exactly. This this is why... (laughs) You fucking cocksuckers.
4: Uh, Yeah, this... uh, uh, It's... Crazy, too, because in Sweden, you can easily search for any person's residential address and drive straight to their house. If you're curious, you can also search for their tax records and find out exactly how much they paid in income or capital gains tax. So you can kind of financially size them up via public records. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion that's true in most places. This is not unique to Sweden. Um, If you really want to figure out things about people, there are avenues to do that. Definitely. There are there are county tax records. There are, uh, you know, where you live is a pretty good indicator. Which which isn't really fucking rocket surgery to figure out, uh, at least here, at least in my experience. So, I don't know. There is something to be said about privacy, but there's also something to be said about uh, self-defense.
0: Definitely. Which
4: you probably also can't really do to the extent in Sweden.
0: But, I mean...
4: God, it just, it just, there's another kind of uh, problem there, another situation there in terms of of privacy. And uh, the takeaway from Eric seems to be kind of that Sweden ha- is doing their public access to information incorrectly somehow, or maybe uniquely different. Um, and I'm not sure if it's not just a, a kind of a symptom of a larger scariness that's going on over in Sweden right now Uh, but man stay strapped or get clapped is what Sun Tzu said and I'm a a big time proponent of uh, Sun Tzu because fuck all that
0: yeah that's nonsense also (laughs) you know uh, talking about your stack
4: is silly and uh, it's also why I never really had a big ambition to be materially wealthy as fuck you know,
0: yeah, it puts a target
4: on your back, like when I get value, I try to roll it back into some other thing. you know, I don't like to have a large pile of money sitting anywhere in any currency, any denomination, anything you know, put that to work or put it in the ground or put it in a hole or put it somewhere else, yep, I'm just like i like fucking I've been robbed one time, one fucking time when I was more naive uh and. That, that, there was some disappointed guys doing it too. I can tell you that <laughs> uh, it was not worth it for them uh, because there's just not a lot of fucking booty to be had. Yeah. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Knocking on the guy like me's door. Uh, but
6: <sighs>
4: that's the kind of experience that will change the way that you live. And uh, yeah, you just got to be fucking ready for nuts so people, you know? Yeah. I promise I can be more nuts than you. Yeah. I promise promise. It's like a one-time free pass thing, you know. Anyway, that really bummed me out. Uh So, is it really going to be an epidemic in Sweden in particular? I don't know. Sweden is kind of singled out for a lot of that kind of stuff, you know. Uh they have a big migration issue that's been bubbling for the last decade now. Uh there's a lot of problems over there in Sweden. And the biggest one I think is that people are kind of timid and they don't stand up for themselves. And if that's the environment that you're going to put forth, that you're not going to stand up for yourself, it's very hard to push back and go the other way on this thing. Like, that's where crime thrives is in a spot where you can get away with some shit. Yep. Um, it can be very difficult to get away with some shit uh, in America. That's all.
0: I know. So I know it's true.
4: Anyway, that kind of bummed me out. I'm sorry sorry to put a downer on it.
0: Yeah, could have just put that story in the middle, you know?
4: (laughs) Well, this last one's not really that big of a gem either, but it's more kind of a chuckly chuckly thing plus a word of caution. Fake Ledger Live app on Microsoft App Store used to steal 16.8 Bitcoin or more. At least least 16.8 Bitcoin. The Uh app was uh, taken down the same day but not before it received more than $768,000 of user funds. Jeez. Uh, If you logged onto the MicroStore and searched Ledger, one of the official dev is what it says. Ledger Live Web 3 with one five-star rating. Here's a uh, security uh, shot for safety here, which I will add uh, into the bowl. Although you can't even get this, so it's not really like, hey, avoid this app. You know, now if you search for it, the thing you're looking for isn't here. Uh, currently, a fake Ledger Live app on the official Microsoft App Store, which was uh, resulted in sixteen point eight Bitcoin stolen. Scammer address is also available, uh, according to Zach XBT, on the tweets. Apps received an ETH address from a victim that had collected one hundred and eighty thousand dollars in funds from the fake app. This brings the total amount stolen to over seven hundred sixty eight K. He tooted, tweeted, posted, whatever the fuck. In a Reddit post, another victim shared how they lost their life savings of 26500 just a few minutes after typing the seed phrase into the Fake Ledger Live uh, app. Ba-boom. It, yeah. Never. So you download a uh, fake app, type in your seed phrase, uh, and you get wrecked. Ba-boom, ba-bam. Uh,
0: you can't just be typing in your seed phrase. <laughs> do,
4: do you really want to build a node yet? My man, my dude. I don't know, man. Uh, people are like... Oh, you need a hardware cold storage wallet. Oh, you need a hardware cold storage wallet. Oh, you need a hardware cold storage wallet. Yes, it is a good idea, but not if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Because this is the difference. And I can already hear people with hair on fire like, well, why why should I build a node? I don't know what I'm doing. What you don't know what you're doing is what you're shopping for. And what you're going to go out is you're going to go out and you're going to Google what's the best hardware wallet. And what's going to be the answer? Some fucking company you have to trust. Yep. Yet again, some company you have to trust. Is it Ledger? Is it fake Ledger apps? Because Ledger is the most popular hardware wallet, it's also the most popular uh, scam app to build. Yep. To make a fake one that people think is the real deal you've also got this new ledger program for recovery coming out so that they'll hold your keys and, you know, if you pay them a certain fee a month, they have a recovery program. So if you were to ever lose your keys, they can magically put together a key for you and get your shit back.
0: And if they were ever to get hacked, all of everyone's keys (laughs) will be gone. just Just by the very fact that they
4: can put a key together for you means that they can put a key together for you. Hello. They can yeah. make a key. That's the key to your cheese. So it's all in their hands, you know? And the point of this is to do enough research to have you, you be the driver, you be the driver, not some other company you have to trust. You don't have to reintroduce trust in it for security. That's actually the opposite. As soon as you have to trust somebody, you lose security. I sleep all night cause I don't have to trust these fucking companies. I don't have to trust these guys sitting in jail. I don't have to trust anybody with a bunch of money in a Lamborghini.
0: Right. I don't have to have anything to do with them at all.
4: Nah. <laughs> so it's crazy. So what's the what do we learn today, bowlers? Build a node. Build a node. Trust no one. Stay strapped. Yes. I've never been more happy to roll into uh, this next segment. Top three, thirty-three.
0: All right. Yeah, I think that makes two of us. Well, big headline this week: key lawyers in DWP corruption scandal gets thirty-three month prison sentence. I was unfamiliar with the DWP corruption scandal, and that's because that stands for Department of Water and Power, out of Los Angeles. Uh-oh, A bit far away from here. Yeah, um, but so this was the whole department and the city attorney's office. They had a sham lawsuit, which overinflated bills from the department, and city officials took part in this plan where the city sued itself in order to quickly settle the slew of claims filed by their customers. Mm. Well, this guy that got the sentence, um, he admitted to taking... Over $2 million in kickbacks from another attorney working on the case. And he mentioned other bribery schemes. He admitted to other bribery scre- schemes. And then he became an informant. So prosecutors <sighs> recommended he get a shorter sentence. Of course. 18 months because of his informant nature.
4: The good boy bonus.
0: But he got almost double that, 33 months. Um, so there you go. Bada bing, bada boom, into the slamma with you. Can't get away with those scams forever. Hopefully, I mean, you look at the USD, and that's unfortunate. In India, the National Pharmaceutical Pricing Authority fixed the price of 33 fixed dose combination drugs. Their goal, according to CNBC, is to make the drugs cheaper, so it's going to cap the charges on them. And manufacturers who fail to comply will have to return any overcharged amount plus interest. Retailers of drugs, pharmacies and such have to display a price list that's easily accessible to anyone and everyone that wants to view it so that they know they're not getting ripped off on the drug prices. And I looked at the list of the 33 drugs, which I will have in the show notes. Nothing really stood out. Um there was an a ing- uh, a shot version of ibuprofen. I thought that was kind of weird. Um but a lot of these are pretty standard things. Um one of the I don't know, you, you look at drug names and they're kind of uh, bisoprolol fumarate. Uh amoxicillin and potassium clavulinate. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a secret language, you know. But um What's the one? What's the horse medicine? Ivermectin mm-hmm. is on there. Yeah, ibuprofen injection. I wasn't recognizing any any of these um pharmaceutical company names either. Well, biotech limited here. But yeah. Interesting that it was 33, right? Caught my eye. And then my third story this week with the magic number is that Tesla sells 33% of vehicles below average cost and BYD pulls ahead. This was a Forbes article and they're pretty much staring at China in China sales because China is the king of electric vehicles right now. And I say, good for them. You can keep them in China.
4: You glow. You go, Glenn China.
0: (laughs) You do glow, China. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I want to get away from that glow, so let's go behind the curtain. I'm into that. Oh, man.
4: We made it. Whew. Safely tucked behind the curtain. Who's better than you?
0: The bowlers are all equally the best. The National Institutes of Health is looking to award $2 million in grants to research psychedelic therapeutic potential. Because, you know, we need more research and you need a lot of money to do the research because people got to get paid to be motivated to do it. It's not like there's nonprofit organizations out there that have been doing studies, risking their asses, but they're not, you know, federally sponsored scientists. Man, f- them studies. That's just frustrating, and you can't... Don't bother looking around the world. We have to do it here in the good old U.S. of A. It doesn't matter that other countries have decriminalized or never prohibited mushrooms on anywhere it's just very frustrating it's so old you know it's tiresome mm-hmm. just tiresome uh also tiresome is uh, six week cycles and stories like this next one this is my only clip from tonight did you hear about the letters the election offices some of them received this week
4: I did pick up a whiff of this. I think they talked about this uh, on the big show, right?
0: Yes, they did. No agenda. I've brought a clip um, about these envelopes thanks to Jeff Begay's, and that's kind of a warning to listeners. Oh, this is
5: very, very serious, and we take it that way. Very serious. A source familiar with the investigation tells CBS News there are more than a dozen letters being investigated addressed to election offices in Washington State, Oregon, California, Nevada, and Georgia that may have been mailed from the Pacific Northwest. Initial tests show that some of the letters contain trace amounts of fentanyl, but more definitive tests are ongoing. In Georgia, where election officials have been targeted since 2020, the Secretary of State says the threat is personal. You know, some people like to call fentanyl a drug, but it's actually poison. Ugh! It'll kill you. Holton County has been the recipient of numerous election-related threats over the last several years. It's the county where former President Trump has been indicted, along with 18 others in connection with an alleged racketeering case. Point fingers. Abe Sterling, a Georgia elections official, says the fentanyl-laced letters are domestic terrorism. You can't think of every single threat, so this now raises it on our radar to something we can train for and plan for. But it's also another stressor for elections officials that are under tremendous pressure already. The dangerous letters come as election officials around the country are under threat. So how has <laughs> the threat environment changed Sorry. toward election workers post the 2020 election?
1: It's been fairly consistently high threat environment since the 2020 election this over just three years me. ago. Now we've seen abuse, threats, and harassment of election officials.
5: So far, investigators believe the fentanyl in those envelopes is unharmful. Still, Nora, Fulton County officials are making sure that the facilities targeted have Narcan, which is the overdose countering treatment
0: available just in case.
7: An Attack on democracy.
0: Attack
4: on democracy. I had
0: to leave the whole clip, and I had to leave her snarky fucking comment at the end there. Yeah. Because if you listen to this clip and you just watch the news and you take it in at face value, it sounds like some MAGA fucking American is trying to fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. And also, won't somebody please think of the election officials?
4: And the democracy. Don't forget the democracy. Oh, yeah, of
0: course, under threat. Which, what does that even fucking mean it's a at very, this point?
4: It's a very delicate democracy we have.
0: But I saw a picture of one of these... Envelopes, which they did not show on this report that I clipped, which was the latest one, as they're working their narrative to point the fingers at MAGA and Trump specifically. Um, On the envelope are three symbols. One has three arrows, which is the Antifa symbol. Uh, One is the progressive LGBTQIA whatever flag. And the last is a pentagram. (laughs) In a circle. That sounds so, maga
4: as fuck. Um,
0: yeah, wrong side or wrong color. It's so stupid. They're both two sides of the same fucking monster, you know? hmm But, nah, it's not a Trumpy. It's uh, like an MK Ultra victim. Probably someone with two first names. Made a quick friend who was whispering in their ear, maybe heard some voices.
4: Some fucking MWA member.
0: Maybe MWI, and, you know, the, got supplied with the shit and got told what to do. And they did with some promise of something on the other end. You know, mm. that's how this always seems to go down. Yeah, it's just fucking clown world.
4: Just another uh,
0: But we have to
4: <laughs> trap trap eater.
0: But we have to be scared of fentanyl. It's not a drug. It's poison. Oh, the yeah, man, man said, right. And that's why
4: it's like their hospitals
0: use it. For people who are in immense pain. No, it's not as good as morphine, but it will get your pain away.
4: (laughs) It's like they're trying to (laughs) flop the branding from anthrax (laughs) into, you know.
0: Yeah, remember anthrax? I I remember. I remember anthrax. Yeah, me too. Yeah, a white powder coming in the mail. Big scary. Except, I don't know about anthrax, but with fentanyl, there have been studies and people speaking loudly that aren't being heard who uh, that prove you cannot overdose on fentanyl just by being around it. Right. Right? Like, you would have to ingest or inject it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole, like, touch it and you're dead thing is a total meme, which, on its... If you just calm the fuck down and think about it, it already doesn't make sense. But uh, people don't want to calm the fuck down and think about it. They just want to dive in the ocean. they got to be like, well, you know... Uh, my cousin's a nurse, and so, like, it's fucking true, man. <laughs> you know, like, they cite this dumb shit like that. And it's like, well, you know, l- let's have a rational discussion about this thing called the blood-brain barrier and how we overcome it. How does a fentanyl patch work? Well, it doesn't work uh, unless you leave it on for hours, okay? And it, yes, it's it's very effective at small doses, but you've got to leave that shit on for hours. A long time for it to actually get through. The The meme is that, oh, like, I accidentally got some and brushed it off of my hand, and as I was brushing it off of my hand, I had a heart attack. Like, mm-hmm. that's not how this shit works.
0: Like it went through your pores or something.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's just insane.
0: And, but then that panic and fear kicks in, and that's what causes people to faint or, you know, increase their blood pressure, stress the fuck out. With law enforcement especially, you see lots of videos of people, uh, officers, who just pass the fuck out when they find some fentanyl. It's like, well, what about the guy that was just moving it that you arrested? He wasn't (laughs) overdosing. (laughs) The
4: the dude that carries it around in his pocket the whole time. or The the guys bring it up from the border in their butthole. But like, they're all right. They're okay, but... But if, you know, as soon as you pull it out of his butthole, you're like, oh oh my god!
0: Yeah, it's very frustrating mm -hmm. and... Well, the fear porn doesn't work over here.
4: I, I personally don't get the allure. Okay. That's all. The, a lot of people who don't do drugs claim that it's the it's the best one, right? It's the best opiate. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've even heard people who don't do drugs who claim, oh, people I know who do drugs say blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> I have fucking, in a hospital, taken fentanyl. I have, in a hospital, taken morphine. Fentanyl is, in, in terms of getting high and the feeling of getting high that uh, one might chase as a drug user, uh, in my experience, it's not really there. <laughs> when you compare it with fucking morphine, yeah. there's no comparison. There's no comparison. Morphine feels like you are coming the entire time. Mm. A nice, relaxed, slow, effortless come feeling. Fentanyl hurts when it goes in yeah uh, dulls your pain sure if you're in intense pain not really much of a high in terms of what you what i'm used to with a, a typical opiate definitely um
0: that nice like underwater kind of feeling
4: exactly that kind of warm uh, washing over you type of swimmy underwater feeling that's a perfect way to describe it not really there and then it fucking wears off like that Ew, yeah it's like a cigarette is how fast it wears off. Yep, which I think was part of the whole design of it, pharmaceutically, uh, from what I understand. But I don't get it. I don't get. Uh, I don't get why people would be replacing it other than it's cheaper and it's more potent, right? But as far as it being a superior experience, I have my doubts about uh, anybody seriously. Uh, Saying that's the case.
0: Yeah. Bring back the opium dens.
4: From my experience, I can tell you, (laughs) I have had it, and it is not. (laughs) It's not. There's no allure for me. Somebody said, I I got fentanyl, I'd say,
0: fuck out of here. I want that shit. Yeah, I think most people would agree, too. But, anyway, now um, there was an article that came out from Bloomberg about the United States ordering opioid overdose antidote. To defend against fentanyl terrorism. Are you terrorized yet by fentanyl? I'm terrorized by all the media reports talking about it, that's for sure. Kind of sick of hearing about it.
4: You know, I know plenty of people. I'm not really into fucking recreational opiates. I've never been into it. I take them, uh, have taken them for traumatic injuries like bone breakages, kidney stones, etc. Extreme pain temporary solution that's your pharmaceutical opiates for me uh i never wanted to get into that i have very close friends throughout my life who got too deep into it yeah some of them sadly are no longer with us others made it through fucking uh clean themselves up got away from that demon yep i understand the allure and that's why i never wanted to say okay i'll do this for fun ever one time right Right. Because I understand the trap and I know myself, but it just doesn't I don't understand this translation that they're trying to make uh, out of this boogeyman. And I talked to enough people like I have fully expected with this full blown fin fin crisis here to have heard about it from some of the people I know who still fucking swim around in that scene. Yeah. nah, I don't hear about it. I hear about it from people who try to flex like they swim in those circles. And it seems like poser shit to me. That's all I'm saying. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before.
0: Or you're dealing with an informant. You know what I mean? Someone who's the one pushing it out there and making the sales working for someone bigger. It
4: feels artificial and creepy like that. Yes. It definitely does. something. It's like crack in the 80s where... yeah. You know, the, the fucking feds made it happen, basically. It feels the same way. Go, oh, there's crackheads on every corner and crack babies and crack this and crack that and crackety crack, crack, crack. And really, it was fucking one guy, Free Ray Rick, selling it all for the CIA. Like, yeah. And yeah, there was an epidemic in a certain part. And so it kind of fed itself. And the, the meme was a self fulfilling prophecy. But like, it, I'm just not seeing it in the regular ass people. And, you know, maybe that's a huge blessing. I don't know. But I I just, this thing continues and we've expressed our skepticism in the past. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to downplay opiate deaths. I've lost fucking family, very close friends. Yeah. Opiate deaths. It's no fucking picnic. It's no joke, but there's something else at play specifically when it comes to fentanyl here. There's something that we don't know. That's more nefarious. And a lot of this is bullshit. Like, A lot of the stories I see, I go, that kind of smells like bullshit to me. Yeah. Easily from the jump, the whole, oh, it's in the same room, and oh, if you touch it. And oh, they seized enough fentanyl to kill North America twice over.
0: Right. Shit
4: like that. Get the fuck out of here.
0: It's reefer madness all over again.
4: Precisely.
0: Just a different substance. But man, yeah, I said, bring back the opium dens. And with the crack, it's like, man, what about the coca leaves? What about... Chewing on coca leaves or cocaine tea, oh, coca leaf tea, right? Like we can bring it back to such a wholesome level, but no, not with big pharma in the way. Plant medicines, man. <laughs> yeah, when, plant medicines. When medicine. can we go
4: back to plant medicines? Uh, Never going to be legal.
0: Nope. And that's fine. Fuck them. <laughs> but they're talking now about fentanyl terrorism and I, yeah, it's, using it as a bioweapon releasing fentanyl or you know they're talking about carfentanil being one of the ingredients in these um mixtures that they would rain down on us and so the u.s has a contract deal worth 11 million dollars with the pharmaceutical company indivior for a medicine called opvi and it's a nasal spray just like naloxone but it allegedly stays in the body longer, and they've the U.S. government has already spent twenty million dollars to develop opvi over the last five years with um, Opient Pharmaceuticals, which isn't that a great name? Opient. I wonder where the opiates come from. Well, Opient probably knows. Um, but Opient was bought by Indivior back in March of this year, and Indivior is based in Virginia, which is convenient. So, um, the drug that Opvi is a nasal spray version of is Nalmethene. And to bolster this whole, this is why we need to spend all this money and get this, um, they shared a story about in 2002 when Russians were trying to rescue some hostages held by militants and they pumped this theater full of a toxic mixture of fentanyl like drugs they mentioned that carfentanil was one of the ingredients um they pumped it into this theater and their plan was to subdue the captors and save the hostages but they ended up killing over a hundred hostages and so yeah if you are gassing a small enclosed space that's probably not going to be great unless you're hot boxing it with weed. That'll be okay. But everything else. And even that, right? The one weed death we have is that monkey that they hot to death way, way back. Um, and so this just really misses me all the, all the fear porn. But as I said, five years in the making this antidote, an antidote overdose antidote. I thought that naloxone already was that. And here we are. It's like the same shit with supposedly a longer time to stay in the body. Reversal nasal spray and so much money into it. Such a booming business. Sell it with fear. Even in the article, they even talk about civilians being able to get a hold of it, saying, you know, don't worry, it'll be available for you to get soon. Why the fuck would I need overdose reversal medication?
4: I don't know. Maybe somebody's going to mail you some (laughs) disaster.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. And it's it goes <laughs> on with sometimes I have felt like, oh, maybe if everyone had a Narcan on them at all times, if you saw someone overdosing, you could just help them yourself instead of calling authorities and like wasting taxpayer funds on this shit. Um, but this is like saying everyone should carry an EpiPen, everyone should carry an inhaler. This is just sales for Big Pharma, is what it is. Right. Trying to scare civilians into thinking they should have it just in case.
4: Just in case they're going to run up to somebody nodding off on a street corner. I don't know. It's like, sort of a dangerous proposition, really.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can miss me with the fear. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. But I was, uh, I did like this rebranding with overdose antidote and a new drug appears. Woo! Don't you just love that?
4: Yeah, I like new drugs. We're going to
0: fight the scary illegal drug With a safe and efficient, expensive drug that we sponsor and tell you all about. So you know it's good.
4: Yeah, it's the American way, baby.
0: So good, it won't let you feel high from the bad drug. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, well. In Alaska, the Department of Natural Resources is being sued by hemp growers over their new THC limits. As you may recall from recent bowls. Any THC in any product, no matter how little hemp products, we're looking at you, Delta 8, Delta 10, got to be sold by licensed dispensaries. And so now the hemp girls are saying, fuck that, fuck you, see you in court. So we'll see where that goes. Of course, there's the court case in Florida challenging the licensing fees, which they want to raise by 22x on licensed businesses. The regulators responded. I thought this, well, foolishly, I thought this case might um, reach a conclusion this week. The regulator response was to ask the court to dismiss the lawsuit altogether. So here we go, kicking the can down the road. Got to wait for the judge to say yay or nay to the dismissal. And then we've got more time to get our paperwork together and uh, keep it rolling. (laughs) Been talking about this for months, it feels like. No doubt. In Illinois, lawmakers sent Governor J.B. Pritzker a bill to enact a moratorium on new weed transporter licenses and waive their business fees or licensing fees. And this is all in the name of social equity, because right now, only social equity applicants could obtain those transporter licenses and By waiving the fees, it's supposed to give them two solid years with no competition from Big Fish uh, to grow their business and not have to worry about that little extra expenditure. Of course, we already know that Big Fish have hacked into all social equity programs by using straw men, or people who had the right criminal record to apply and win and signed contracts immediately, turning around and selling the business To a bigger company, bigger entity that wouldn't have qualified. So I have no doubt that that's also going on in Illinois. In Indiana, uh, there was an interesting court case that went down this week. Cops were called to a grocery store where a man was found laying unconscious on his back in a parking lot. Is this a time for Narcan, right? Like, that's immediately where my brain goes after the first long story. Right. Um... When they got there, they talked to him. He said, oh, I must have fallen. And they kept talking to him because they described him as disheveled. And so he did admit to the cops that he took drugs. Didn't specify which kind. He just admitted to taking drugs. Already a big mistake. You know not to talk to cops if you're listening to this podcast. So they patted him down, and the cop found two glass pipes, which were probably meth pipes, dude said they were for tobacco and other synthetic legal drugs um but that already placed him under arrest so he was transported to a hospital and while at the hospital they gave him another pat down like a strip search you know and they found 3 grams of meth in two joints no no so he got pissed off and he started fighting with the officers <sighs> and threatened to kill one of them which again not that'll, smart don't open help. your fucking mouth right We might not have even gotten this far if he hadn't said anything to these cops other than I need a lawyer if it really comes to that. Um, So he admitted to having weed and meth. He just said, yeah, that's mine," And he was, you know, arrested and charged for that. So when court came around, he filed a motion to suppress the evidence uh, that was brought up during the pat down search claiming, you know, violation of his fourth amendment, right. But The judge didn't see it that way, so it was denied. Um, And the judge backed this narrative of, well, the cops and the nurses had to pat you down for their safety. You know what? If you had a needle, you could have jabbed them with or a gun you could have shot them with. Okay, whatever. So he couldn't convince um, the Court of Appeals that the meth-related evidence was improperly admitted. However, something interesting happened when it came up to those two joints, and this is probably a good attorney move on his part. The pot possession conviction was vacated because the state did not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that it was Delta 9 THC Ooh. and not hemp. Base. You remember 50 state legal hemp, which that- is defined as... Anything with less than 0.3% Delta-9 THC?
4: I've heard the rumors, yeah.
0: Yeah. Some states are fighting back against that, of course, but... Yeah. It was 50-state legal in 2018 when the Farm Bill first passed.
4: (laughs) Interplanetary legal ever since God gave it to us. Genesis 129, people, come on.
0: Yeah. Our God-given rights. In Maryland... The Cannabis Administration is now accepting business license applications until December 12th, but it's exclusively for social equity applicants. That's how Maryland has also chosen to play the game. So they are more than doubling their retailers in the state, and they're looking to award 179 total licenses here, 75 dispensaries, 16 growers, and 32 processors. I love that term when it comes to this plant. Process this. Beep boop. Here in Missouri, the courts have expunged nearly 100,000 pot convictions since legalization took place. That's nice. Yeah. That's the the good side of legalization.
4: Yeah, that's a...
7: It's a step in the
0: right direction. It is. after
3: After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all.
4: It's like the one thing that we cared about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know.
4: (laughs) Please stop throwing people in cages.
0: Unless they are growing at home without that license or in plain view, growing outside is very (laughs) dangerous. Don't you know, putting plants, seeds into dirt Mm. under the sunlight. You can't be doing that.
4: If you have a big bag of weed instead of a medium sized bag of weed, that's (laughs) going to be a problem. If yeah. you have weed from Illinois, that's going to be a problem.
0: Lots of problems here. If
4: you didn't track it the whole way through, that's
0: going to be a problem. Oh, this isn't state-sanctioned weed. You didn't show your ID to purchase this. You don't have a fucking receipt. Big problem. But hey. <laughs> but hey.
4: <laughs> just the little,
0: just the little <sighs>
4: things, the little details. Let's not get lost in the minor details. No,
0: 100,000 people, now uh, pot conviction, invisible.
4: Good, keep going.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just like get the government out of pot. All governments, state, local, federal, to fucking plant. Back off. Get out of here. Anyway, in Montana, um, there were rules that went into place to increase the licensing fees for weed businesses. They are now on hold due to a legal challenge. So here we go again. <laughs> yep, yep. We no, see you in court. Also in court, the New York Supreme Court issued an injunction this week in favor of the hemp companies against the Cannabis Control Board, prohibiting them from implementing and or enforcing their emergency regulations that they adopted, um, requiring a 15 to 1 CBD to THC required ratio and uh, serving limits, container limits. So, yep. We see in the chats, right? You gotta fight legal with legal. Legal fights now.
4: Lawfare, it's the only way to get things done in the United States.
0: <laughs> Such an eye roller.
4: Without exception.
0: Bring back duels. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge you to a duel. <sighs> um, also, in New York, regulators reached a settlement agreement over a lawsuit challenging the licensing process. So, for three months... Dispensaries have not been able to open in New York because of this, but that should start rolling back out soon. Soon Soon-ish. You know how this goes. In Oklahoma, regulators are taking action against 165 growers who didn't post the required signage that took (laughs) effect November 1st by Senate Bill 1737. They have to have a certain size sign with certain words on it. At the perimeter of their property.
4: With the proper font and the proper boldness.
0: Yep, yep. And they sent out thousands of worker bees to go and check to enforce it. 7,000 inspections.
4: Some nosy Nancy's.
0: 4,600 operational status visits. They seized nearly five tons of unregulated weed and an entire dispensary.
4: Well, thank God all of the children that were saved from... That weed that didn't have a sign next to it. Yeah. Fuck, it's so stupid. Yeah. It's getting very old.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Here, This next story is very interesting, though. Uh, Rhode Island regulators entered a consent agreement requiring a licensed cultivator who got caught with hundreds of unregistered pounds of weed to pay $625,000 to keep its license. So... Okay, you broke the law. You fucked up. We caught you. You're not going to jail, though, if you just pay the small fee of $625,000 hairs. In fact, if you pay us that more than half a million doll hairs, you can even keep your license. Wow. This is some fucking shenanigans, my friend, (laughs) going down Little Roadie.
4: That's some extra big tricks.
0: Yeah. You're not joking. Who is your daddy? Is the question I like to ask here. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll figure out the answer for next week. My final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from South Dakota, where a DMV denied a vanity plate, which was res weed, all capital letters, R E Z weed. They said, no, that's offensive to good taste and decency and denied the vanity plate um but they ended up reversing their decision on it and so the man did get his license plate which to explain it was raising awareness of his business on his reservation so it's you know tribal reservation right
4: on the res yeah yep this is a Frequent term.
0: So although they reversed it, the ACLU did catch wind of this and decided to sue the state, even though he did get the plate, um, saying that it's unconstitutional for them to even deem what's offensive to good taste and decency because it's viewpoint discrimination.
4: I'll finally apply for a vanity plate. I just want cunt.
0: (laughs) And they said, you know, even though you reversed it, someone else could have... Stolen that license from him while it was in limbo.
4: We want to come up. uh, We want to take you to court. We want to give you a little. Yeah. Because we're the ACLU, and that's what we do.
0: Hey, I am all for freedom of speech, and that includes your license plate, I think. So, well, that's all I got for behind the curtain tonight. Okay. I tried to keep it light.
4: I like the lightness. Yeah, we're rolling in. We're before the two-hour mark. We're rolling into a little bit of metal moment now.
0: Alright. We
4: do have the Rev back in action.
0: Guess who's back? He It's the Rev.
4: He was getting a little bit of a repair action done last week, but he is back and ready to rock. Woo! Are you are you ready for some moment of metal?
0: Oh, I am so ready. I've been waiting.
5: <laughs>
8: In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker, and Kenny, and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. While my truck was broke down, I had an opportunity to spend a lot of time looking for new music on the internet. And while trolling around for fresh metal, I found a documentary called Res Metal. Documenting the metal scene of our nation's Native American reservations in the Southwest, The documentary follows quite a few bands, including this one. Based out of Mesa, Arizona, I Don't Conform is one of those res metal bands. From the 2019 album Sagebrush Rejects, this is I Don't Conform, Hungry for War.
0: Synchronicity, Batman. That's what
4: I was thinking. <laughs> A little res metal.
0: Res weed, res metal. Hell res, yeah.
4: Res plates. That's right. The res is strong with us tonight.
0: The rev is resonating. That's right. Because he's back.
4: He's back. He's ready for action. He knew what your uh, curtain situation was all about.
0: Must have read my mind. No doubt. Well, thanks, Rev.
4: You can follow along with the rev shenanigans uh, over at noagendasocial.com. You'll find him at Rev Cybertrucker, and uh, give him a follower. Give him a follower. He's getting a little chunk of the boostage. Uh, and just about all of it, if you boost during the metal moment.
0: Yes. 99%. The 1% is so we can credit you in the producer list.
4: That's right, so we can still see it come through, and thank you. Yep. Thank you for helping the Rev. Uh, now is the time where we get to hear from our wonderful friends, the bowlers, about a rotating topic. That we change every week. We call it be, 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 be. First time be, be,
7: be, be, be. first time I ever
4: First time I ever did a thing. And uh, the current thing is the first time I ever Help me out here. I just had it in my head. And then Sleepwalk. I sleepwalked, that's right. I wanted to <laughs> We got to talking about horse paste in the chat and now I'm thinking ride a horse was last week and it just <laughs> overtook my mind. <laughs> I couldn't think past it. Uh, yes, the first time you ever sleepwalked, which is the proper tense of uh, sleepwalking in the past. Yeah. So, do you remember the first time you ever sleepwalked? Well, if you do, the proper response is to whip out your phone and call 816-607-3663 and tell us all about it. Or text us all about it. Or uh, send us a video of you sleepwalking right now, listening to bowl after bowl. All of those are valid responses. And we did have some uh, callers chiming in tonight.
0: All
7: right. Hey, Bowler. So the first time I ever walked, it wasn't really sleepwalking. Uh, I got out, I was probably about eight years old, got up out of my bed and started tearing the covers off for no good reason. Whoa. And because I slept in the living room and my parents were still awake, they were looking at me and kind of like, hollering to get my attention to wake me up and apparently i looked at him and went back to doing exactly what i was doing i don't know why and i don't really sleepwalk because like other than being dog-ass tired when i'm walking like to the bathroom i'm I'm pretty much stationary in my bed so in the bowl y'all i'll be uh driving for dollars while y'all are bowling and
4: striking there you go in the bowl in the bowl Lovely Phoenix, Buller was freaking out on the uh, sheets there.
0: Okay, Bowler, attack! 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 <laughs>
4: attack! Buller.
0: attack those sheets.
4: Oh man, a super attack! Uh, we have another caller sounding off in the bowl. I've
2: been, um, I, I've been sort of a, in the area of my life where I did sleepwalk as a, as a kid. I don't, I don't know that I remember any of the specific times other than uh, just my parents are telling me. Uh, probably up until the age of maybe ten or something but um, and, and honestly, if going back through my life there 's probably a lot of reasons i, I did it i don 't know i mean I was always I, it seemed like I was uh, on the lookout to be somewhere other than where I was because it was a lot of i don 't know I just had a, had a lot of stuff going on, but when i was a um, uh, although um, I guess one time I did it. Um, you know that, that that I that I may have or, you know that that I may have remembered or something. It's it's yeah. I mean it's not that it, I I you know it's usually it's usually I was usually stressed out about school or you know going on and on about something about school or my or mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean there's just it, but I, I remember even as a kid you know that that um, yeah I don't know finding the scary thing under the bed or whatever. I don't know. This is this this. I don't remember anything about my sleepwalking episodes other other than just my parents told me I did it and and it was and had something to, you know, and I was stressed out about something. But it, but and during that time in my life, yeah, I was stressed out about a lot of things. My my environment was not very stable. I you know, didn't know where I was going to be a lot of the time, so it was kind of a. Um, you know, so it, it probably, uh, probably, that probably had a lot to do with it now that I'm, I in I don't, I don't sleepwalk anymore. At least I don't think I do, but, uh, nobody's told me I luck, So, uh, so the question is, if, if any, if, if, if you, if you, if nobody ever saw you sleepwalk, did you actually sleepwalk? Right?
4: That's, that's a great question, uh, actually.
2: Be sure to join our shenanigans at 4 p.m. on Saturdays at Lotus Effect, at Lotus Effect. show. Yeah. Later, bowlers.
4: Bye. Laters. Laters. Thank you, fun boy. That's an interesting question. Does it, did it happen if nobody saw you do it? Might yeah. as well have not, I guess. Yeah. Might as well have not, because you're not even going to hear about it at that point.
0: Yeah. As long as you make it back to bed, yeah. you wouldn't even know.
4: Yeah. That's a philosophical puzzle there. For more philosophical puzzles, definitely check out the Lotus Effect, 4 p.m. Central on Saturdays. LotusEffect.show. There you go. You remember the first time you ever sleepwalked?
0: Yeah, on the 8th of never. No shit. I've never sleepwalked. Never have you ever. Never have I ever. Now, Mm. I have had sort of, I've told this on the bowl before, it's like my spirit walked out of my body while I was sleeping, a sort of astral projection experience when I was really young, Mm -hmm. three or four, and my Nana was... Baking cookies in the kitchen, and I smelled it. And I walked down the stairs and said, like, mm, That smells so good, something like that. And then I woke up in my bed and was like, mm, That smells so good. And I went downstairs and she was wearing the same outfit that I had seen her wearing, making the same coat, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like I had been, just been down there, but not really.
4: Yeah, that's fun. So
0: that's freaky, but that's not sleepwalking because my body just stayed in bed, nice and immobile. Yeah,
4: that's your spirit um, sleepwalking, not really
0: your body. Yeah. And so, all I can think of is blacking out on alcohol is a bit like sleepwalking. True. Because your body is, although no one knows you're asleep, but your brain, it's like your brain turns off, so you might as well be asleep. Right. And I've only gotten blackout drunk, okay, twice, once was on this podcast, I've gotten blackout drunk. <laughs> Uh, it was in a post show, though, not on the podcast. And another the other time
4: was on a hog story.
0: I, I didn't black out that night. I did not black out that night. Um, Maybe once I hit the bed and the wild things started. But mm, um, that was a great goddamn time, though. You were um, wild. I was. Yes.
4: By the way, just as a side <laughs> note, not to go rabbit holy, but <laughs> my favorite, my the thing I appreciate most is You can be the fucking most hammered. No one would understand how hammered you are. You just seem kind of like mildly tipsy and a little more animated. Yeah. You are fucking wasted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, only you know when I am.
4: (laughs) And it'll just be little subtle things. Like, that hog story was perfect. Like you went unguessed it on the hog story. Oh, yeah. You were fucking hammered. Yeah. And it's hard to tell. If you go listen to that episode, it just, like, seems, you know, like, you're having a good time. Which you were having a very good time. Yeah. But you were, like, marvelously drunk. <laughs> yeah. Which was fun. It was it fun. It gave me an extra chuckle, because I'm like, nobody even knows the extent <laughs> there's That's no true. way. And then I came down, and all my whiskey was gone out of this bottle. And I was like, holy shit.
0: Yeah, bookers. <laughs> it's worse than I feared. I was just drinking straight bookers. Yeah. I was going I was so nervous. That's why fucking
4: hundred and twenty-nine proof bourbon. And she's just like hum, hum, hum.
0: Yeah, I had a full glass, like a full <laughs> low ball. <bowl.
4: laughs> oh, he uh, man.
0: But I'm shy. And then the alcohol I know it's that's not a the good social reason. Social lubricant, but, man. Yeah, social lubricant. So the first time I ever blacked out was a case like this where you were working the bar and I took a stroll with some mutual friends. They had no idea I was blackout drunk, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm very lucky that my body took care of me and got me back to you (laughs) and then into bed. But all I know is that at one point we were walking through the alley next to the bar and I said, hang on, I need to pee. And I threw my purse on the ground and squatted And peed, but my cigarettes fell out, and I peed all over my cigarette packet. Ouchie! And I only know that because (laughs) (laughs) the next morning I was like, "The fuck smells like piss in my purse." Oh no! And it was the cigarette thing, and like I was like, "What the fuck?" And they're damp. Like I'm just gonna throw this out. Oh no! And I called my friend. I'm like, "What the fuck happened?" Everyone's like, "Well, you had to pee so bad, you like dropped your cigarettes while you're peeing, and you peed right on the package." I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I guess that explains it." But I it was not there; I don't remember. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> so uh, that was trouble.
4: That is trouble.
0: But you know, it, it that was my one. That's the only time I I feel like I can say I really blacked out because when you're at home and you get that wasted that. The memories start coming in and out. Well, at least you know you're safe. Yeah. When you're walking the streets, (laughs) that's scary. No doubt. College age in a college town.
4: Mm hmm. Fucking bait on legs.
0: Mm hmm. I was in a big group. Big group protection. Big group helps. Yeah. But no one knew I was blacked out. That
4: also is a superpower. Yeah. With super defense.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I don't think anyone tried to take advantage of me. No. So that was good. Oh,
4: you always handle yourself incredibly well. Yeah. <laughs> in Even my subconscious.
0: Like yeah. My subconscious was probably having normal conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
4: mm. oh. uh, Text from the text line, which is not the F tie weighing in, but this actually came in through the week. I just noticed it. This is make heroism weighing in on the Florida medical
0: oh, yeah, yeah, situation
4: yeah. we talked about last week. Uh, he said, for a little insight on the ridiculous Florida medical bullshit, uh, street prices are insanely low. It's remarkable, to be honest. Also, every 50 feet is a store that sells all the Delta bullshit. Medical is probably failing miserably in this state because they're still selling eights for like 40 to
0: $60. <laughs> yep.
4: That's like Custy College prices. Meanwhile, you can get it, quote, on the streets, quote, <laughs> nice, uh, for half or less, depending on who you know. My advice, buy some seeds."
0: Exactly. And seeds are federally legal under the 2018 Farm Bill because the seed contains 0.3% or less delta-9 THC. But a bingo. So that is the way. How's that and for
4: some fucking laws?
0: Yeah, it's just crazy. Not so. The legal shit's already too expensive and then they want to, you know, get more fees out of them, which would yeah. make everything more expensive in turn.
4: Why triple maybe. tax it when you could quadruple tax it?
0: 22X. You know
4: Trying to fix some potholes around here. Think of the children.
0: Or maybe it'll just all implode on itself and we can have the nice the repeal of prohibition oh, that we'd dream of.
4: That would be so cool.
0: I'm a true believer.
4: I sleepwalk about it all the time.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, looks like we got some callbacks.
7: Well, while we're doing shameless plugs and sleepwalking references... Don't forget to sleepwalk your way to your audio device Monday mornings, seven a.m. Central, for Coffee and Chronic with your favorite Princess of Profanity and Empress Emily M. We are diving into some really great topics, and uh, we are live on the No Agenda Stream, seven a.m. as well as Lotus Effect dot Stream Monday morning Central. It's not to be missed. So roll up. Grab a cup and join us.
4: Look at that. Got all kinds of programming. Nice. Being programmed as we speak. I can feel it. Being wake and baked. Uh, good stuff. New show. New show. Looking out. Mondays at, Mondays at 7. Uh, We had one follow-up again. Look at that.
7: I'm going to hit it one more time, Bowler. Because I was thinking about something Boy said. About the sleepwalking possibly being trauma-related. And I remember stories and knowing about the trauma that my father experienced as a child, which Mm. subsequently would have been his birthday today. So happy birthday, Dad. Um, Happy birthday. He used to sleepwalk. His mother would come home from work and have to take the car because they lived on like an 86-acre farm. And she would have to get in the car and drive to the upper fields. And there he'd be, sleepwalking. I don't know how in the world he walked all the way from the house down the path to the upper fields. Like it's amazing what the human mind and body can do in conjunction with one another, but no doubt. Yeah. So maybe there's something to the whole trauma involvement piece on, on sleepwalking
0: in the ball, y'all
4: in the, ball. In the bowl. Maybe,
0: maybe that's like an ideal sleepwalking scenario. On yeah. your family land.
4: Yeah, just like in a, a glorious field. Yeah. On an eighty-six acre farm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a sleepwalk.
4: <laughs> do so in a little piece of heaven.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not straight into the hood.
4: <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> let's avoid that, please.
0: <laughs> oh man. yeah. If I were sleepwalking out of my house, I would awake very unpleasantly.
4: <laughs> oh man. Yeah.
0: Probably be hit by a car.
4: Uh, this next caller. Only sleepwalks pleasantly.
6: Oh. Hey-o.
3: I mean, I don't dream too much, but I mean, I guess when I've dreamed, I've had times where I've walked in my sleep. So, uh, you know. Oh, yeah? But actually walking while sleeping, that's a whole other story. Not, like, driving while sleeping. That's, a, that's another better story. Um... I do not know that I've ever actually left walk. lock, and um, maybe like I guess probably the most thing I could think of was, was like I had too much alcohol and not you know you not connected at all sort of thing.
4: Uh huh. Yeah, so we were discussing like, that.
6: Yeah,
3: I don't remember kind of deal, which is not good. But uh where's actually keep walking? I think the answer is gonna be a no. Some of the crimes I feel like with my answers, but
4: never has he ever.
3: Still been truthful and honest, you know, that's what we want. Yeah. That's what we want in the bowl, right? That's right. Like, yep. Alright, well time to go back to work. The other guy's it's not dangerous. And uh, you know, whether or not you're working a little later than normal. Or you're just not working at all. Or you're done. Whatever. Doesn't matter. You can always give a hearty.
0: <laughs> Ka-ka. Ka-ka. We heard a hearty caca in the wild this weekend, Yeah, and I'm going to have to go ISO it. Remind
4: me what that was all about, because I already forgot. It
0: was in the Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Oh, that's right.
4: The Teen (laughs) Titans movie. Holy shit. It was Robin's dumbass catchphrase he came up with? Yeah. They tried to make it like uber Robin dorkiness, but it was actually just perfect badass. (laughs) Crack an egg on it. (laughs) Caca!
0: Yeah, it was perfect to everyone in this dome. I
4: was just like, oh my God, I need that so bad. Yep. Especially because there's like two or three versions of it throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, it's ripe. Ripe for the picking.
4: Well, thanks, Kakala. You and Lorian are both uh, in the Never Have I Ever zone. You'll have to keep that in your back pocket for a, the next game of Never Have I Ever that you play.
0: Definitely.
4: Because I know you're always thinking, like, Why don't, I'm going to come up with th-
0: things. <laughs>
4: I don't know things. Ever 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 been sleepwalking?
0: Christopher Battles and I—I I think were people you don't want to play Never Have I Ever with. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I fucking lose that game frequently. I got some in my back pocket that are kind of cheat code ones, but you know, yeah, I keep them close to the chest until I need them. Yep. Uh, speaking of needing them, I need this next collar.
9: The first time I ever sleepwalked, um. I, of thought you guys had this question already. Maybe it was on.
4: Oh, it's a deja vu thing. Hog story featuring John Fletcher Ooh, and Carol Lainey. Could have been a hog story um, question. Yeah, I, uh, I
9: did it up. I when we'd go up north to our cabin, I would do it up there. I don't do. I'd never did it at home. Um, and I only did it for a little while. It wasn't very long. Uh, I know my dad. My dad would have. Uh, he'd talk. I don't know if he ever slept long, he might have but he would talk in his sleep and you could almost like start carrying on a conversation with him <laughs> when he was doing it uh-huh. and he would start like saying like weird shit uh, he'd be like what do you mean by that and he'd be like yeah the banana's out in the lawn <laughs> yeah suntan lotion on it or something shit like uh huh <laughs> and uh twice he woke up while I was doing it he was so fucking pissed off <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was doing it. Yeah. Um, I know other other people in the family would do it, but they'd usually stop after a couple words. I just like keep going because <laughs> uh, I'm a dick. Uh, <laughs> I inherited it from him. Uh, but yeah, I would good uh, work pull that shit on him all the time. Anyway,
4: let <laughs> me go. That's great in shit. In the bowl.
0: In the bowl. Love that, you. That is
4: the funnest part of anybody's sleepwalking is conversing with them. you got to converse with oh. them. If you suspect somebody of sleepwalking, please talk to them. It'll be the most hilarious shit you will ever do. Holy fuck. Almost always makes for a great time.
0: I have not had that pleasure.
4: It's so funny.
0: But I do have four human resources, so maybe it's a matter of time. Might
4: happen someday. Who knows?
0: They all like their sleep a lot, mm-hmm. so they might be like me where the body stays in bed.
4: <laughs> I feel like my sister used to sleepwalk more than me. But we've both done it huh? A number of times. Mine was particularly weird because like, I always had a loft bed, so oh. like when I sleepwalk, I gotta climb down a ladder.
0: That's scary. But
4: for whatever reason, I don't know, sleepwalking, you don't just jump off the side of shit. You know what I mean? Like, There's some sort of consciousness going on. Your subconsciousness is smart enough to still climb down the ladder and like do all of the normal things. It's really weird. I can't really tell you the first time I ever slept walked sleepwalked because this is one of those wild things about sleepwalking. It's like you've got to have witnesses pretty much unless you wake up during the middle of it. You have to have somebody tell you, yeah, last night you were sleepwalking, it was a riot. And you gotta be like, huh? <laughs> and kind of hear this weird story about you that you were in that you don't have any recollection of. Or a connection to, really. So, uh, as a result, I also can't really remember super specific times or reasons. The one that stands out to me is uh, one time sleepwalking almost ruined summer camp for me one year. Uh-oh. Which I fucking no idea but like uh like it was one of the years going to scouts i woke up and got ready to go to summer camp and my dad was asking me some kind of like weird questions um about video games and and stuff and sneaking around and i was just like like i can't even remember but like it was the way he was asking me the questions and i'm just like what the what the hell are you driving at you know what i mean yeah and he was like oh well You were up sleepwalking last night. I guess I was, like, sleepwalking playing the PlayStation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Spence, okay. (laughs) The night
4: before summer camp. Mm. And so he was like, uh, I don't know, it was one of those go-to-bed situations. He was like, yeah, I just told you to go to bed. You went to bed. Like, okay. I had no idea what he was talking about. I was just like, fancy, could we go to summer camp now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. It's like, you can't be sneaking up. Play no games. I was like, I don't know what you mean.
4: honestly don't know what you mean. That's
0: crazy, though.
4: I know. So it operate almost ruined a video it. game. I almost ruined it for myself. No, it's uh, it's weird. Like i I'm, I feel like I remember being told I like poured a glass of milk one time or something like that. Just like just normal stuff, you know, just regular habitual muscle <laughs> memory stuff you just do while you're sleepwalking.
0: Yeah, uh, yo, that's. It's just weird that the body can do that while the brain is away or yeah. whatever. And I understand Weirdo had made a comment in the chat earlier. There are people that take, you know, certain medications that basically put them on autopilot to do shit like this all day long and they go sure. through their wife, their life sleepwalking. Sure. I said they go through their wife sleepwalking. <laughs> many probably do. <laughs> <laughs>
4: their life, their wife their strife.
0: Yeah, they can't get through it, so they just
4: sweep walk through it all.
0: Take a an autopilot pill. Mm. It's spooky, but that spooks me out too. You playing video? Your body playing video games?
4: I hope I didn't fuck my save up or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I've, it was so long. I have no idea.
0: And then you had summer camp to forget about it anyway. If you ever got back to whatever game you were playing that you potentially botched. Yeah.
4: Exactly. In the long run, not really that consequential.
0: But strange. Missing
4: summer camp would have been devastating as fuck. (laughs) That's for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely.
4: I I was like, like, you are talking crazy. Can we please go?
0: My reaction to it, too. If one of my kids was up playing video games in the middle of the night, I would say, get the hell to bed. What the hell are you doing, you know? Mm -hmm. I would be pretty pissed off. And then we would talk about it the next morning. And if they just said, well, I don't know what you're talking about, I would be more pissed off because I was like, You were in the, you know, you were playing video games. I well, wouldn't even understand that sleepwalking could possibly be at play. He's,
4: from what he was saying, it was like, he was saying that my reaction was like weird and
0: obvious just, that you weren't at home. Yeah. Like <laughs> okay. for whatever
4: reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, like these are the stories where I don't even have a, a reference for it, so you I know, just have to take somebody else's story's word for it. But you
0: weren't there, but your body exactly,
4: was. exactly. Yeah. But he, he he said something on the along, along the lines of like, "Yeah, you weren't really with it. I figured you were just on autopilot." <laughs> so weird, sleepwalking. Yeah. So I I know for sure that wasn't the first time, but I've I've done it a a, a, a number of times when I was a kid.
0: Well, I'm glad that you've never gotten hurt and didn't miss out on summer camp doing it. Thank God. But what about as an adult? I don't know. That's what
4: I was just thinking. I was like, well, you know, I've never sleepwalk as an adult. But then again, if you think back to it, like, who's around to me. let me know? Me. I mean, you're... <laughs> sleeping
0: in my snug little bed.
4: <laughs> you're around maybe sleeping sound. What if I sleepwalk every other night
0: <laughs> at a certain time
4: and then just crawl back in bed? Like, who would know?
0: I like to believe I'm very sensitive to when you get up out of bed.
4: Yeah, yeah probably. But I keep
0: tabs on it. Probably. Because I can remember when you've gotten up out of bed, when you've been sick, or if you've had early engagements, like the Bitcoin coffee. Yeah. You know? I know. And then I make a conscious decision, I'm going to sleep an extra hour. <laughs>
4: <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, but... I don't think you're sleepwalking I, anymore.
4: I even thought to the dorms, you know what I mean? Like, what if I did it during college while I lived alone in the dorms? I don't yeah. know. How would I
0: know? But what if weed fixed it? That is maybe
4: possible. That is maybe possible.
0: Like, now that you smoke weed, you don't sleepwalk anymore. <laughs>
4: <laughs> weed fixed this next caller, I can tell you that.
8: Hey,
0: guys. Dave here. Hey, uh, Revy. I'm Rev. not
8: a sleepwalker, but uh, unfortunately, Mrs. Cybertrucker is a prolific sleepwalker. Nice. And the first time I ever caught her sleepwalking, we were actually dating. Uh, we had been on a date, and I ended up at her place, and uh, you know, shenanigans ensued. And about three o'clock in the morning, uh, I realized something was kind of wrong. So I looked around, and I couldn't see Mrs. Cybertrucker anywhere. So I started wandering around and I found her outside on the porch like 30-something degrees outside. She's butt naked <laughs> and snoring. Nice. So I had to kind of guide her back into... And that's when <laughs> I found out that she is the sleepwalker and I've pulled some pretty cool pranks on her since, but... <laughs> Anyways, that's my first time uh, being around a sleepwalker.
4: So, in the bowl, love you. Love you, Red. In the
0: bowl, love you.
4: I have heard, and maybe it's just one of those things, like, we only use 10% of our brain, and just one of those things people just repeat. But I have heard that it's best not to wake a sleepwalker, but rather just to kind of gently direct them and walk them back to bed. To say, yeah, you know, let's go back to bed and just get back to bed. Like, it's no big deal type thing. Why? I don't know. That's (laughs) just what I've heard. It's just like the best.
0: These are the spiritual guidelines, bud.
4: Yeah.
0: It's like you're fighting on a different plane.
4: Which makes sense. I mean, that seems like a reasonable thing, you know? Yeah. But it's, I don't know why it's, I guess, probably a little jarring to wake up, like Ned's example, you know?
0: Uh, Yeah. If you wake (laughs)
4: up and realize people are having a hell of a time talking to you and you're talking about uh, rubbing the... uh, suntan oil on the banana lawn, you know, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a little strange. Maybe you get a little bit defensive after that.
0: Yeah. Anytime you find yourself in a situation that isn't 100% coherent to what's going on, it pisses you off. Let's be <laughs> honest.
4: <laughs> uh, well, this next caller would never get pissed off.
10: What's up, y'all? It's a uh, weirdo.
4: Hey! Weirdo! What is up, weirdo? Uh,
10: funny story about sleepwalking um i was oh let's see when we lived in that house it was before before third grade and i i I, what what happened was i woke up butt ass naked (laughs) in my bed nice and i put some clothes on and went downstairs and asked my mom i was like what why like why was i sleeping naked you know um at that point, I still, like, wet the bed and things like that, but I remember my mom waking me up and, you know, getting me changed and everything. So um, uh, what happened was I went downstairs. I stood in my mom's doorway Duh. and kind of freaked them out. I was just standing there staring at them, and they were like, what's the matter? And I pointed at my knee, and I was just like, "And kind of mumbling, not making any sense. And they were like, what? And I did it again. I just pointed at my knee. And so, um, my dad got up, followed me, because uh, I walked off, and I I went to the bathroom. I stripped all my clothes off. I turned on the shower, and I went to bed. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. If that's the only time that I ever. I guess that you know of, but yeah, you know, (laughs) anyway.
4: Bye. Bye. Thanks for the ring, weirdo. Yeah, good to hear from you, brother. Oh man, yeah, that's another thing. Like, uh, I kind of vaguely remember my sister used to sleepwalk too, and it'd be like, uh, the things that you pick up and put down doesn't there's something that doesn't quite track there, it doesn't fully make sense, you know, Hmm. like you can do some things, but you can't do other things. And I don't really exactly understand it. It's also so long ago. Like this is bringing back certain memories that are pretty fuzzy. Remembering stories about sleepwalking is almost like trying to remember dreams that you've had.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that because you are dreaming, and your body is moving around. Yeah. but you're dreaming.
4: <laughs> but like, uh, I've interacted with definitely my sister. I don't know about any other members of my family. But I've seen them sleepwalk. Probably just, probably just take.
0: Do you remember the first time you saw your sister sleepwalking?
4: (sighs) Not really. Only in a very general sense. Yeah. Of like, I can see the house and it's night, you know what I mean? Like, I can put myself back in there where I was. But I can't remember 100% what she did, other than like, she was talking but not making much sense. The words were hard to understand and the words you could understand were like, huh? What? Mm. Yeah. just absurdities.
0: <laughs> Sleep talking just, is like that. Just like
4: what Ned was saying. Like, just things that are just absurd. Which is fun. That's a lot of fun. It's, it's fun very entertaining.
0: From the outside, yeah. Uh,
4: this, next call is, this next caller is fun and entertaining. Mm, peace
1: and good evening, goalies.
6: Good, uh, evening. good evening. I made
1: it home from work in a reasonable time, and hopefully this makes it in on the show. Yeah. Uh, so, I hope everyone listening is doing well and having a lovely whatever time of day. you, the first time I ever, uh, you know, I've never done a sleepwalk before, but I'm doing. Hey, there you go. I'm a pretty heavy sleeper. I sleep like a damn log. So, when I'm out, I'm out. Like, I have literally slept through an earthquake before. Uh, nice. nice. Different stories, <laughs> from another time. Part of the reason I am calling tonight, though, is last night. Monday, November 13th, a special guest on Behind the Scenes, um, Ms. Private Browsing, had brought in a story about uh, Klein-Levin syndrome, if I'm remembering correctly, which is a.k.a.
4: sleeping beauty syndrome.
1: Commonly occurring uh, younger males.
4: Sleeping beauty syndrome, And you
1: basically can sleep four days, weeks, if not months on end. Whereby the individual affected would sleepwalk to go get food, get bathroom, and maybe do some things of that nature. Anyway, full details. Please listen to that episode. It's a great one. And uh, hey, in the bowl, everybody. Enjoy. In the bowl, Laren. Good
4: to hear from you, brother.
6: In the bowl. Cough it out. Cough it out. There you go.
4: He's hitting it. (laughs) He's hitting it. He's getting after it. Beautiful, yeah, sleeping beauty syndrome. Interesting behind the schemes in the deep of the nights last night. Wonderful. Sleeping,
0: man, it's weird. That's our bowlers. Yeah, sleeping. Sleeping is a trip.
4: Dreaming, uh, really existence at all, but the liminal spaces, you know? Yes. I feel like sleepwalk is extra liminal because it's kind of like you're not quite fully asleep and resting because you're moving around and saying things. But you're not awake either. Definitely not. It's a weird little in-between. Mm-hmm. The magic of the luminal space is definitely manifested in sleepwalking. Well, man, I would have suggested first time you ever blacked out, but you kind of blew your load on that one.
0: Mm, I feel like we've done that before.
4: That's probably true.
0: Um, Dub's asked about the first time I ever uh, had jury duty. Cotton Gin suggested the first time I ever went to jail. I never
4: juried a duty. Hey, I'd jury one.
0: <laughs> Don't blow your load. While I'm pulling up the rest of them, I saw that we had a boost come in that we haven't read yet. Oh, you're right. Harv Hat hit us. Harv Hat. Back in the shit stain. He said,
4: from Podverse, 3333, by the way. He said, I'm, quote, investing in the bowl. Hell yeah. Finger wag required on investing.
0: Thank you, Harv Hat.
4: He said, I'm investing in, the, in bowl after bowl right now. So he is long bull after bull, and for that, we thank you.
0: Oh, we've got a good list of potential F-ties. First time I ever used Craigslist. First time I ever went to Chinatown. First time I ever experienced fight or flight. First time I ever went magnet fishing. Let's
4: go with Craigslist. I love Craigslist.
0: Okay. So next week, you should call 816-607-3663 or text the line and tell us about the first time you ever used Craigslist. I
4: got a good one for that.
0: I'm sure I will, too. I just have to go fishing into the depths of my Craigslist memories.
4: (laughs) Shove aside the cobwebs of your mind. (laughs)
0: Yes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Craigslist, always a good time. Call us up. Tell us about your Craigslist days. The early ones were always the best ones. Oh, yeah. Your first Craigslist go around. Holy shit, this really works. Buying things from strangers on the internet. (laughs) Hmm. 816-607-3663 is the number you want to call. And that leaves us with one piece of business. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling.
0: Yeah, let's go bowling. I'm in. In Boston, the MSPCA got a very adorable surprise. No. 33 sugar gliders were surrendered to their care. Those
4: things are cute as shit.
0: They are so cute, but... (laughs) But. The care requirements were always a barrier for me. Where I knew, nope, not for me. Not yeah. the pet for me. Uh, nocturnal marsupials, specific dietary and husbandry needs. You know,
6: mm-hmm.
0: it was hard enough to find the perfect husband for me. Now I have to <laughs> find the perfect husband for a tiny marsupial.
4: <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> Just say. Kidding. Me and the sugar glider got a lot in common.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: Small, omnivorous, nocturnal.
0: Yep. Yep, complicated little creatures, but a predilection
4: kinda- for sugary foods such as sap and nectar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey sugar glider, stop stealing my moves. <laughs> There's only room for one of us here in the bowl. <laughs> The, uh, they're so cute. Yeah, they really are. But, I don't know, man. It, it it always makes me sad, stories like this where, hey, at least the person realized they had a problem, you know, with 33 of them. They're like, I have 33 of these tiny creatures. I am unable to care for them. They need new homes. Like, hey, at least you came to that realization before the other news story could have come out, which was, Cops are knocking down the door, arresting this person on animal abuse charges because they had thirty-three, right? Whatever it's sugar gliders. Right. I almost said chinchillas.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Flying chinchillas, man. <laughs> Wee. With huge eyes.
0: Yeah. So you know they made the right decision, but that must it must be hard, and it makes me kind of sad <laughs> because pet people, man, it's easy for them to go overboard. I have loved many a pet person who. You know, it's like, wow, you had a lot of animals under your wings here. Mm. Anyway, if you're in the Boston area looking for a pet sugar glider, you know where to find them. Then there was a big story with the magic number in it this week. Uh, Bleacher Report might have come out with it first. Maybe TMZ. But T- DJ Hayden, a former Oakland Raider, died at the age of 33. Uh-oh. He had a nine-year NFL career. Um... And I saw that in 2012, he was kneed in the chest on the field and almost died of a heart injury. Oh, fuck. Which, yeah, holy cow. But um, what ended up taking his life was a red light car collision. Oh, fuck. In which, yeah, it was two in the morning. They were near a freeway. And a car sped through a red light, no word if it was his car or someone else's, but six people were killed in this collision. Shit. him being one of them, so that's very fucking bad, yeah, um, you know it's like you brought up the whole people who don't trust themselves,
4: and yes.
0: I've often heard this come up with the gun discussion yep. but these same people drive a car every day and that's what really bugs me if you feel like you can't trust yourself with a gun then you should not be driving a car that is a big weapon <laughs> yeah. that you were driving yeah literally
4: uh, the the whole car thing is really taken for granted as in terms of the physics involved <laughs> that's yeah. for sure
0: yeah don't underestimate the cars
4: Nah, definitely not.
0: Holy cow. Then I got a story from Japan. An ex-lawmaker secretary became Japan's youngest female mayor at the age of thirty-three. Yes, this was in Yawata in the Kyoto Prefecture. Um, the previous record was a thirty-six year old female.
4: I keep getting older. Mayor's staying the same age. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's always 33 dang it uh, shit. everything is 33 why uh it's on
4: the rise man
0: yeah well and you're in the poll, it's the magic number here
4: there's a 33 rising
0: the youngest mayor though which i thought it was interesting that she got this headline because she's a female so it's the youngest female mayor uh, yeah but there is a younger mayor ryosuke takashima In Ashia, in the Hyogo prefecture, he's 26. They got a baby mayor. Wow. Okay, 26 is an adult, obviously, but (laughs) he's younger than 33. Baby mayor,
4: baby mayor, show us how to get down. D-O-W-N, show us how to get down.
0: Uh, I was looking into her platform a little bit, (laughs) just out of curiosity.
4: As one was.
0: And she was... um, campaigning on free medical care for children up to the age of 18. And it was like an eye roller for me because nothing is free, you know? So I'm thinking, where's this money coming from taxes or whatever. And then I looked about, I looked at who she was running against and had a huge sigh of relief because I saw, well, she beat out a communist. So good job. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. One of her opponents was backed by the uh, communist party over there. So I thought, well, you know what?
4: That's a dumb place to keep bowls. That's right. In uh, the living rooms of communists. <laughs> yeah. Watch it's, your weed be redistributed.
0: <laughs> do communists even have the luxury of a living room? <laughs> well, it's our, anyway. It's
4: our living room, comrade.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, 33 people fell sick after eating at a feast in Sambalpur in India. Oh. I'm bummed out because they didn't tell us what the feast was all about. But 200 people were in attendance, at least. They cite the number between 200 and 250. So 33 people getting sick out of 250, I don't feel is that horrible (laughs) when you look at it in that context. Yeah. It still sucks. But, yep, some people started vomiting after they were eating, got taken to the hospital. But all 33 of them are good now. They're all stable. Stable was a word that came up last week in the bowl. Yeah. And they truly are. Yeah. Back from being very sick, now they're good. But officials had to go and take samples of the food and water to test and find out you know, where the food poisoning or whatnot came from. But no results yet. We are early to this story. Mm. But with the magic number, hey, something interesting could come out. Maybe there was fentanyl in the food. You know, bringing it to <laughs> India, spreading the fear narrative. <laughs> gotta be it. Yeah, gotta be. Now there is an interesting story that Sir Oma shared earlier today. And that man always has interesting lane stories. You're familiar with ulcerative colitis.
4: incredible, And
0: it's no fun. No. Um, your colon is inflamed. Mm-hmm. Which is incredibly painful.
4: Not my colon, but...
0: A person suffering from ulcerative colitis would have an inflamed colon. This story features a man who was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 2006 when he was 18, and then by 2014 had developed Crohn's, which is the inflammation of the entire digestive tract from mouth to anus. Mm. Which, wow, colitis already sucks. And then this gets even worse. And he talks about how the symptoms came and went, but at one point he was hospitalized because he had gone to the bathroom 40 times in a single day.
4: Jesus.
0: So he's a young adult, but his mom was obviously trying to help. You love your kids. You want to help them? She contacted the director of the Center for Digestive Diseases, who also happens to be a pioneer of fecal microbiota transplantation. Okay. So uh, they call it FMTs.
4: Yes, I've heard of this.
0: And yeah, this is when you take a healthy stool and would transplant it into yourself to get that good bacteria in your digestive tract.
4: Yeah, you borrow a healthy person's poop.
0: Yes. You take the (laughs) poo-poo and you heal yourself with it. Yes. So...
4: (laughs) You hide it in your poo cave.
0: Usually, in western medicine, you would go to a doctor and they get poop from an anonymous donor. They blend it with a saline solution. They put it into your gastrointestinal tract through an enema or oral capsules. I guess you can take poop pills. and Or, of course, there's colonoscopy routes or upper endoscopies. Um, And that's how they do it in the sterile environment. But this guy's mom found out you can DIY the transplants.
4: Well, of course.
0: So she got her poop tested to make sure she had no infections or diseases. And when it came back clear, they started DIY transplants. No shit. Every day for a month. (laughs) Then every two days for a month then every third day for a month and then three and a half years of it being just once every month where he would take his mom's stool and use it as his medicine and he became symptom free and got off of all his medications in his mid thirties so it does work (laughs) But something very interesting (laughs) happened here. Uh Uh-oh. His mom was going through menopause. Okay. And he started getting menopause symptoms. Whoa. Hot flashes, mood swings. And I guess it's because poop transmits high levels of hormones. So uh, you're also absorbing all of that.
4: Yikes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So imagine being a man in your mid-30s going through menopause. <laughs> it sounds a bit like a wet dream for some people.
4: It's exactly <laughs> the right level of confusing for our era.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But I thought it was great just that a yeah, Business Insider is the one that wrote about this guy. And I think it's good that people are seeing DIY medical care.
4: Oh, yeah, totally. In a
0: headline, you know? Mm-hmm. Because that...
4: Oh, I would do a fecal transplant, but I just don't trust myself. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Oh uh, my goodness. C-Dub says, Dad should have stepped up. But you know, we suffer from a quite fatherless society. Yeah. So where's daddy? Where's daddy? Don't ask.
4: <laughs> I ain't doing that shit. <laughs>
0: That's what dad <laughs> said. <laughs> It is something a mother would just throw herself at, like, yes, no problem, you can have my shit. Here, take my poop. Take my stool.
4: (laughs) Take Uh.
0: my poop. Come with me. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) To the bathroom. I'll put it in you. You take it from me. It's healthy poo. Yeah, I can keep going, but I won't.
4: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Slow clap, everyone.
0: Ugh. People pay good money to put their poop in boxes and get it tested, though, in this day and age. That's so, what the know. TV tells
4: me, so it must be true. Of
0: course. I saw it on TV! <laughs> <laughs> it was under in the Super Bowl, you know? That's where the poop goes. within in the bowl, too. The toilet bowl. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. You're on a roll. Poop sells. What can I say? Um... This is a weird story out of Australia that the Associated Press picked up. A 49-year-old woman invited her ex, his parents, and his aunt and uncle over for lunch. I'm already suspicious. And by ex, I mean ex-husband. Oof. Not like ex-boyfriend. Like, why are you inviting your ex and their the bi- whole family <laughs> the over? The big bad. The big bad. There's like exes
4: on the floor. She's like,
0: everyone stand on an ex. Yeah. Well, anyway, she prepared beef wellington, which sounds delicious. You know, got some mushrooms in there, and um, they all ate their meal. After the meal, the ex's family all had stomach pains and diarrhea. The next thing you know, they're all hospitalized. His parents are both 70. His aunt was 66, and his uncle is 68. All of them died. Oh, my God. Except for the uncle, who happens to be a Baptist pastor. (laughs) The way I said pastor was so weird. Pastor. (laughs) Like
4: a Louis Pasteur?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A pastor. Um, And that's no good. That's no good. So now she's being looked into. More than looked into. She's been arrested for murder.
4: Melville.
0: But... She told the reporters two days after the third and final death, and this was her quote that was in the story, I'm devastated. I loved them. I can't believe this has happened, and I'm so sorry. So I started thinking about this, because they say, you know, poisonous mushroom from the beef wellington. Well, she cites her mushrooms as coming from a major supermarket chain, and then she had some dried mushrooms also from an Asian grocery store. And I looked to know what kind of mushrooms they were yes now they cite that the symptoms were persistent with poisoning from the wild amanita phalloides which is better known as the death cap Uh for obvious reasons it's responsible for upwards of 90 percent of all mushroom related fatalities year after year
4: it's that one you want to jump over in mario
0: Right. I was expecting it to be really spooky looking and have, you know, be black or something like those. Stay away. Or brightly colored, you know, like stay away from me, mushroom. Probably just
4: looks delicious like, like a regular mushroom, huh?
0: Amanita muscaria. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So I looked it up and when I saw it, I immediately thought of a different kind of mushroom. I thought, holy sh... Cannoli. <laughs>
8: <laughs> holy shakanoli. And
0: I didn't know the name of the mushroom. It's the, um, Cocora mushroom is what it looks exactly like, my friends, to an untrained person, right? Like, you're just out in the woods. It looks exact. It's in the same family. It's in the Amanita whatever family. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, oh, my God, they look so eerily similar. They have the same weird, like, hump growth on the bottom. The reporters don't say this, obviously. You know, they just say she poisoned them with poisonous mushrooms. But I think that this woman really... Even if she had forged them herself, could have made an honest mistake here. So, I don't know. It's scary. And they're just talking about the sentences for murdering three people. Like, oh, she could see 25 years in prison. But she also got sick, is another thing. If you were Mm. intentionally poisoning people, why would you also poison yourself?
4: Maybe just she ate a little bit so it wouldn't look sus.
0: Right. You could have just eaten a little bit, so, you know, but. Uh, no, this is and to describe it, it's a it's a beige mushroom,
4: killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom, deadly. Yeah. When I play adult melody, anything less than the best is a felony.
0: So I don't know. This one was a a mind twister for me, just because I saw it and I thought I've seen that mushroom before in my foraging book. Uh, yeah. I love mushrooms, so I flipped through a book. I don't. It, it seems to grow all over the place. The deadly one. As well as the one you can eat. Isn't compora. that funny? It's
4: like, it seems like a lot of those mushrooms, they're like, this is the really delicious one. And this is a look alike that'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> they look the same, and you're like, oh, fuck.
0: Well, and so then I, you know, looking all these things up, I found something interesting, was, which was that there is actually, in England, they've found a way to reverse the effects so that you can you know, protect your liver by preventing the uptake of the amatoxins from that mushroom mm. by the liver cells. And it's intravenous silibinin, which is a derivative of milk thistle. When you say milk thistle, it makes sense to me. The silibinin, you know, you're we're pulling.
4: Yeah, we're extracting out of a it. certain molecule from it. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so I just thought, I thought that was interesting to you. Like, hmm, maybe should, everyone should have milk thistle on hand. You, you feel like that's <laughs> one of
4: the things that. Just general uh, activated carbon would take care of, too, though. Don't you think? Yeah. Activated charcoal. The charcoal. Because it's just a general all-purpose, soak everything in your stomach up kind of situation.
0: Yeah. But Sponge the, it up so that you the don't. The problem
4: is, once you're already getting sick, it's too late for the charcoal.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing I was reading, is that this mushroom can take <laughs> like a day before you realize, I'm fucked up.
4: Damn. Yeah. It's rough.
0: Yep. So... That is rough. Beef Wellington, more like beef failington. Not well at all. Beef sickington. <laughs> beef Poisonington. Bummer. I didn't have a good one there. Maybe she had beef. We don't know. Maybe, yeah, because as I started off, what are you doing inviting your ex and the whole family? And her ex couldn't make it, you know, conveniently. The ex-husband. Lucky for that bloke, huh?
4: <laughs> he must have smelled her rat from far away. Yeah.
0: So, um, speaking of smelling things out, yeah, thrift stores get donations every day. Almost constantly, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like we
4: give them a donation every oh day. Oh my
0: gosh, we give them a <laughs> donation damn near every week. Yeah. Because when you have human resources, people give you so many things. They yeah. give your human resources so many things. And then they grow so fast, and then it's just time to give back. Well, anyway. This employee at a southeastern Wisconsin thrift store was making the rounds and discovered something horrifying while conducting inventory, and that was a live cluster bomblet. Holy shit. I know. Kaboom. I don't even know what a live cluster bl- bomb lit would look like, other than something that's likely to fucking explode.
4: Yeah, I know what it looks like in worms, cluster bomb.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that was one of the uh, worms ammo that you could choose blow
0: up each other. Is it, does it? If it's a bomb lit, does that suggest that there's multiple cluster bombs together? Well, when you're a worm, like even the smallest bombs are
4: enormous. Okay. <laughs>
0: But they're referring to the headline here in a human thrift store, not in the worms video game.
4: I know, I'm just fucking around.
0: Yeah. Like, I've heard the term cluster bomb. I've heard the term cluster munition, but mm-hmm. live, or I know what live means. It means it could go off. Excuse me. Cluster bomblet, though.
4: Yeah. From what I understand, it's like.
0: It's like a bomb omelet. It's a bomb. It's a lit. big
4: bomb that blows up that little bombs shoot out of that then blow up okay at least that's how it worked in the video game. and <laughs> it makes it makes sense
0: yeah well it's a good thing she recognized it you know <laughs> no people doubt. were just wandering around this thing all day so um they called the bomb squad obviously <laughs> hey, bomb hey. squad no smoking near that bomblet yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh They evacuated the store and the entire area, like the whole surrounding area. It kind of looked like a a strip mall or something, you know. All evacuated Bomb Squad came in and removed it. Didn't say what they did with it if they exploded it somewhere. I love that. There's a a range not that far from us in the city where Bomb Squad explodes shit all the time. Just for funsies, it seems like. Uh, But anyway, now they're looking for the person who donated it. How embarrassing would that be? If you just forgot about it. It was in like a treasure box or something. You're like, "Oh, fuck." Cuz it said that they also took ammunition, which hey, I think a thrift store should be able to sell some ammunition if it gets donated, you know? Don't you? Ammo? I think it's
4: uh I think it's uh probably one of those things that is overregulated by the state and federal government. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So once they see it, then yeah, they, I guess they are Obligated to do something yeah. about it and remove it yeah. from the store.
4: Oh, you gotta fill out a 1045 just to
0: yeah. be able to buy, sell, or
4: yeah, it's a You're right. fucking, but the
0: ammunition by itself isn't dangerous. A live bomb, yeah,
4: a live bomb the, is uh,
0: you don't want people around it that don't know what they're doing, yeah, i.e., little children.
4: <laughs> Same is true for the ammo, anyone for sure.
0: Okay, fair enough. I'm
4: not gonna let the kids play with bullets.
0: But they could put it in the glass case up front.
4: That's true. Along with the
0: live cluster bomb.
4: Put a put a live cluster bomb in the case up front. Yeah, you know. Next to the NES.
0: Then when they go to pull it out, bam. (laughs) That would be so scary. Not worth it. No. No. Bomb squad came through. Wasn't even a pink tag. (laughs) Yeah, it's not even half off today. (laughs) Oh, oh well. Weird story out of New York City this weekend. Um, A guy went in to this building trying to access his safe deposit box. Well, the building his safe deposit box happens to be in is also known as the World Diamond Tower as it homes several jewelry businesses. And so while going to his deposit box, he became trapped by the very... Crazily, steel-reinforced concrete walls of a chamber that protects everything up there. The vault, shall we call it. And he was able to get in touch with, you know, the police department. And then they called in the fire department. And they started working to free him, the fire department, because they've got the tools to get through these walls and stuff... They worked at it for 10 hours and then decided, you know what? This isn't a good idea. We might actually put him at risk because to get through all this steel, we're going to have to pull out the torches. And then that's going to heat up the environment that he's in. So uh, you might want to just wait until the vault timer (laughs) kicks in and opens the doors in the morning. Oh, my God. And that just was crazy to me that they would even put in the 10 hours of work and not just say, hey, man, you know what? The vault door's open in the morning. You're going to have to sleep it off. And so that's what happened. 7 a.m., timer goes off, door's open. He's a free, unharmed dude. Damn. Just locked in for the night.
4: An attempt was made.
0: But that seems what if, suspicious What if to this me is that- just a
4: uh, publicity stunt for the safe coat? You know.
0: Ooh. It's like, oh,
4: he got locked in there. We tried to get him out, but we can't even break him out. That's how secure they say. He's just going to have to wait till it unlocks. It's the only way. There's literally no way in there.
0: It's as secure as Satoshi Nakamoto's wallet with one million Bitcoin in it. <laughs> yes. It's that fucking secure. Absolutely. The fire department went home.
4: Secure. After- fire department was like, this saves too much for us, boys. We put 10 hours of our best men on it. Nothing.
0: That's right. NYFD. Out of all the fire departments, all you know, they should have the best and greatest tools.
4: Half the underground snickers. <laughs> Seems like the setup for a uh, Miami. What's it called? Episode.
0: Miami. What's it called?
4: Yeah, you know the spy.
0: Miami. That one. Mm-hmm. Burn notice. Burn notice. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Slipped yeah, Slip my mind. Slip my mind. I could see that. Thing- yeah, yeah. Things. Do tend to slip our minds here in the bowl. Oh, so high. <laughs> mm-hmm. My darling. Oh, a Russian born mayor of a town in Colombia had to prove that he's not a hologram this week so that he could fulfill his mayor- mayoral duties.
4: Good. You can't be too careful, especially in Colombia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's fair. Um, The legal action filed against him is known as a tutela. And that just means legal protection of fundamental rights, according to the journalists who've covered this. So he had to show up at the national registry to be verified as a human being. They also, and they verified his fingerprints, you know, to authenticate his identity with his passport and such. They also had to check for microchips because that was part of the legal action filed against him was that, he had to prove he had no microchips. Oh, even more based. Yeah. Yeah. You should check everybody for
4: robotic tendencies, you know, regularly. That seems, that seems like a good plan.
0: I think it's a great plan.
4: It's, it's how we uh, are going to survive in the future.
0: And, you know, they were... Uh, <laughs> hey,
4: man, are you a fucking robot? <laughs> you better prove it.
0: <laughs> especially suspicious of him because he's Russian, I'm sure. But, Sh- yeah. Yeah, we should verify that all politicians are not holograms, not robots, yeah. and or, not lizards.
4: Or lizards or or witches.
0: Mm, that one's a little trickier, but I <laughs> guess we could just pour buckets of water on them all.
4: Uh, you weigh her, uh, him or her against a goose. Yeah. And that's how it's done. The yeah.
0: goose is going to be heavier than a witch?
4: No, no, no. If the witch is heavier than the goose, then...
0: <laughs> oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I thought they could go light as a feather, though.
4: Witches sink.
0: Yeah, that's another one, right? We can just toss them in.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's ways. We can figure there's it
0: out. Way. Start laying stones on there's top no one... of them. This was a very popular one back from my neck of the woods. You There know?
4: are certain tests known to science, yeah. okay? That's what I'm trying to say. They
0: won't be crushed under the weight of all these stones. I guarantee it. And then like, the person's crushed. Oh, well, well, you know. We are stronger than their magic. <laughs> 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 this was still a good deed we've done. Killing the witch. I think the lizard tests need to be worked out though, for sure, something a little lizardy about some people around, and robotic and finally, this last story on the lanes could have actually just been a witch test, really okay, and this is in South Korea. A man in his forties uh employed by a company that installs industrial robots, was sent to a plant that packs vegetables for export to other Asian companies um He was sent there to examine whether the machinery was working correctly when a robotic arm grabbed him, mistaking him for a box of vegetables, pushed his body against a conveyor belt, and crushed his face and chest. Yes. So,
4: uh... Wow, I'm stunned.
0: Yeah. That was one of two pick-and-place robots that they used to package bell peppers specifically. And so the police are now investigating whether the machinery has any technical defects or safety issues, which, hey, if the guy whose whole job it is to check in on that didn't make it out of there alive, I feel really good about the cops walking in there. Not. (laughs) Someone suggested that he moved toward the robot with a box in his hands, which triggered its reaction, but I don't know. I don't know why you're defending the robot, you know, in this case, like... Something really bad just happened no, here, man.
4: Maybe you're a shareholder. There could be a lot of reasons. Fair enough. Why you might defend a robot. Fair enough. But I don't have to worry about that. Hell, I don't even defend the bull. I just light it week after week.
0: Bull after bowl.
4: Most definitely. Well, thanks for rolling through another one, Bowlers. It's been a good time. We will return to you next Tuesday at the same time. A little 9 p.m. Central action, right when DH Unplug wraps up on the the stream. We get ready, and then we launch. So join us for that next Tuesday and every other Tuesday across all Tuesday dums. Throughout which I will be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City.
0: Yeah, no matter what day of the week it is, you can guarantee I will be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter.
4: I can
5: I'm sick of your fucking
2: smoke. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's never going to be anything interesting.
7: Stupid! You're so stupid! Don't tell them we're high.
9: Listen,
1: we may be a little high. I mean, late.
9: Bowlafterbowl.com He totally knew I was dumped. I love Sir Spencer. Bowl after bowl.
3: Dame Galarian.
1: May your bowls burn
0: ever brighter.
4: And that's a a tap. That's
0: a wrap of the old bowl. It's a
4: tap, tap, tap on the cashed bowl. It's cashed. Uh, which means no agenda stream. You're welcome to hang out with us later. It's stream.bowlafterbowl.com, or you can just hang out right here, and we got some more no agenda stream podcasts lined up for you, courtesy of Sir Ryan Bemrose.
5: Yeah. Aha.
4: Ha-ha.
0: Oh.
4: oh, my God.
0: What? Did it go too long for you again?
6: Uh...